Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feed you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. I am the Big Guy, Ryback, and today you are not you are not seeing double. You are twins. <laughs> I'm in here with the bigger guy, <laughs> Nick Best. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just uh, got back from LA. What was going on out there? You said uh, with Herb Strong? Yeah, I went down and did some media stuff and social media stuff with Herb Strong and did some content and got more product. That's never a bad thing. No, no, it's not. I really like CBD products. And theirs is probably the best that's out there, farm farm feud in between they regulate what they put in there um they buy straight cbd and then mix it with the oil so it is what they say is in the bottle yeah is in the bottle what now for you like because i've tried it in the cbd here from the different shops and different ones and like i was just telling you some of them are i'm okay with and then i have right. one i got a bottle of something in there that's supposed to be it was a special um it was supposed to be like like a euphoric thing, yeah. one of those gimmick ones, but it was yeah. more expensive, but it gave me anxiety, yeah. which I don't have anxiety normally. So I noticed when it, I yeah. took it and I was freaking out all night. Well, like, why am I worried? Yeah. But like it's normally it doesn't do that, but that was a, a special gimmick one. And never again will I buy something that says you're going to have a euphoric. No, don't do that. <laughs> this stuff, uh, it's, you know, the, the, they have gel caps that get in them pretty quick. Yeah. They also have uh, um, vape pens. Yeah. They get it in immediately. And then they have drops, which you can either put on your skin and rub in, or uh, they have cream. And the drops you can also put under your tongue right before you go to sleep. And that's what I do with it. What do you, do you prefer the drops? The drops all the way. Yeah. I take the gold edition, which is like 5,000 milligrams per bottle. Oh, wow. So it's really strong. I take two full droppers. How much of that is that at one time that you usually? Uh, probably like 300 milligrams. Really? Yeah. I think the ones that I have are only like 30 milligrams. I'm not. Yeah, they're not real high. I Yeah, the ones here that I've taken because. Really big. Yeah, and that's why I was asking you what yeah. it's what you're taking because that for I wanted that for inflammation because I've seen so many people talk about it, how well it works for inflammation. I tried it when I was at my worst though. Like, so I don't know. And it wasn't, I didn't, one of the kind I tried, I wasn't taking enough. I don't think for what I was getting. Yeah. You gotta get proper amounts. And you're a huge man. So it's, it's kind of like, you're going to need more than a regular 150 pound guy. Yeah. You need two to three times the dose. Well, they're selling capsules and the stuff they like five, 10 milligrams and it's yeah. pretty expensive actually yeah. for what you're, those are 25 milligrams. Wow. Yeah. That's so, completely. Yeah. Take two, I take two of those in the morning and two of those in the evening. And then you notice a uh, mm-hmm. positive effect on that. I'm still lifting. Yeah. <laughs> you're like the, I was just, <laughs> I'm doing my notes. I do. And I'm thinking how, like, because you're 51 years old. Yeah. You, your birthday is November 6th. We not November only 3rd. November 3rd and said November 6th online on the wicked Wikipedia. Anybody it's can off. post anything. Yeah. Yes. I've tried to go and correct mine and I can't even, 
I've tried to correct it many times I can. It just doesn't work. It says there's something that says I married a Melissa Reeves all over, which has ruined me with girls before. Believe it so or not, we've both been married to a Melissa. That's kind of weird. It's it, when I was looking. That was what I was talking about. The similarities <laughs> and the uh, people mistaking you for me years ago at the yeah. sushi restaurant yeah. here, and uh, it is. I saw that November third because I'm November tenth. Oh, that's why I was. Yeah, right. this is so uh, we're the same height. Yeah. You're just way stronger. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you're a far better wrestler than I am, so. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> but I was looking at my notes, I was like, I go, you're like the Cal Ripken or the Tom Brady of, of power of just, I think of like just strong men. Because uh, you're consistent and you've gotten better, though, yeah. as you've gone along. I, I'm still trying to get better, so, and I feel like I can still get better. So, as long as I'm having fun doing it, I'm not going to stop. What is, I mean, do you feel... Because I, I, when I met you before, you don't come across you. You, I feel like you're very young at heart still. Yeah, like this. Oh, I feel like I'm just a big little kid. Yeah, I, mean, I just get to do some of the coolest stuff. I'm just having fun. It's just who needs to grow up and be an asshole? That's my goal in life is not to change like that and to stay like. Yeah. See, I feel like sometimes people as they get older they forget that and. They become miserable. Like the moment I first met you at Walgreens, I was like, that's a happy man. Like you were and like, that's how I want to be. I don't want to be miserable at any point in my life. So oh, we all go through things that yeah. are not fun, but why let that ruin the person that we can be? The do you, So do you think with the CBD and everything, because as you get older and because I see like Mark Henry and, mm-hmm. um, and got to wrestle him a lot in, in WWE. And he's, he's, you actually remind me a lot of Mark and oh, that it's crazy. Like some of the strongest guys in the world that are the most dangerous guys that can break people with their hand. Like Mark Henry. And I tell people like the guy is, I was there when he was talking to Dr. Todd in 1994 and they were talking about his first WWF contract. Yeah. And that, that nationals were, he had squatted 947 in a singlet in knee wraps yeah. where everybody else is wearing suits, mind you. And the head referee was so amazed when he stepped off. It was only the second attempt. Stepped off of it. The head referee forgot to give him the down command. Oh, really? And so he, he's sitting there and he goes, okay, just squats it. Like it's nothing. Comes back up. Sets it down. He gets red lights. Goes like this. Turns around. And if the head referee wouldn't have messed that up, he probably would have went 1,003 that day. But he didn't. He came back and got the 947. Contest is going on. Comes up to his last deadlift, and he'd called for 881. And the first two were like nothing. And the whole crowd's going 900, 900, 900. He steps back. He goes, "You want it? Put it on." And then steps back. They reload the bar. They let him do it. They reloaded the bar. Yeah. And they put 903 on. And he just got down and pulled that thing right up. It was one of the most amazing feats of strength I've seen. That's incredible. Yeah. It, it, blew, it blows my mind though, because I, I would see him, Mark though. And what I was getting is like he's a he's a very fun loving nice man. He like he's very soft spoken at times. And but like I would and I wrestled him many many times. And I just just look at him. I go, that's not a guy you want because I feel like in like that too. Like I'm very nice to, but when I get angry, I get angry. Right. And I feel like that's a common trait with some of the larger people because I feel like they know that they don't want to be like that. And, but Mark, it was just a whole different level. And I was like, I don't want to piss him off. Cause he's even at the stage of his career when he was, and he was beat, I had to help him sometimes his singlet, yeah. like his shoulders were so bad. And just Olympic lifting. I feel like right the now. two 
probably just doing wrestling alone on your body is extremely difficult. Yeah. Powerlifting just alone, doing World's Strongest Man it is yeah. alone on its own over time. He did both and like succeeded at both. I'm like, and he had a long wrestling career. He did at that for especially at that size. Yes, even though he had a lot of injuries early on, but then he was. Did you ever try to eat with that guy? No. So true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, he's he's every bit as bad to eat with as Brian or really? or, or um, Eddie when when they're like trying to gain, to gain weight. weight. I had to do a car fun. ride with him. I got it. This is a funny story. I don't think I've ever told this. It was uh, we were sharing a car when I eventually I started riding alone. This was very early on when I got up there, and it was me. This referee uh, Spider was his nickname. Rod Sabata. And uh, in Mark Henry, we all were in this tiny little rental car. Um, I'm talking, it was just, I would get cars like an SUV if I could for me. This is before I just got up there, I had no money. And so we were sharing a car. Mark was in the passenger seat. Rod was in the back sleeping. The referee, I'm driving the whole way. I enjoyed, I actually enjoy driving because if I die, I'd want to die behind the wheel. Um, And I've driven with enough wrestler. I was like, I'm driving. So me, the windows were fogging up like crazy this because it was pouring out so it's rain um and mark in the passenger seat we're literally like just squished in this car no food we're all hungry and but mark mark is very what's the word i'm looking for particular with his music and uh he had like his playlist but the we had to keep that he kept putting his music on and he was playing his music and different things but the windows kept fogging up because there was too much heat and body, just mass in this yeah. car, just with me and Mark. Oh yeah, and it's pouring, and so I needed to keep the heat on for the windows to keep it. Mark kept turning it off because he was getting hot. hot. So and I didn't, and like me and Mark, and like I had to keep turning it on. I'm not, it's like two grown men though, but like Mark, I was new again up there, so I'm trying to be respectful, but I'm also not trying to die. And like it's going, I, I can't make this up. We're going, and it's like Mark. I'm trying, like, I go, I can't see, like, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to hurt any, like, I don't want to, we don't want to crash. Yeah. And I don't think he understood <laughs> it. It kept going on, but he would like pass out and I turn it back on. I'm like wiping my hand on the thing. It was, it was the most miserable drive. And it was one of the reasons why I eventually just quit driving with people. But I remember we found a gas station. We couldn't find any food this night. So we had to get like, I got some eggs and whatever at the gas station. Yeah. Mark got like a, this big thing of ice cream. And like, he, I'm like, on a, like he was talking about dieting because he was trying to, wanted them to lose weight and he yeah. did over different periods. But that night he was having none of it. And he's like yeah. eating this big thing of ice cream in the car. And, but he, he's, he's a good hearted guy. He, he really is. That, that same contest in 94, I watched him eat about three chickens. Yeah. That's what he used to do a lot of fried chicken too. I think the, it's like looking at it going, Oh my God. And I'm a skinny little 242er at that time. Oh my god! Yeah, you're so, three like something now, right? Three ten, three fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Right now, what the, he had, I remember hearing stories when I was younger and him and seeing WWE used to show stuff of him eating a lot of like the fried chicken, just getting calories and yeah. chicken wings, different things, just eating massive amounts. And I remember just when up there, he'd even lost weight from when I was there. But I just remember looking at the way he was built. His calves and his leg, like his cows. body, like his he, cows. He didn't yeah. have calves. He had cows. Yeah, just the the sheer mass. I don't. I can't explain to people. Like if you touch him, like his body fat is probably is higher. He's not like shredded or anything, right. but he's physically just to the touch, like just a rock. Yeah. His body and I'm like I go that he's he's a dinosaur. Looking at his body and I'm just like it's 
some people are just built different. It's depending on, he made the choice to go into wrestling. If he wouldn't have made that choice and kept going in the strength stuff, in yeah. the strength world, he very well could have been the strongest man to ever exist. In history, just in his period. Period. I mean, the things I saw him do, I mean, we'll never know because he went into the wrestling. Yeah. But even so, he was still one of the strongest guys I've still seen. Yeah. I mean, you know, dunking a 947 and with plenty of room left in a squat, in a raw squat, and then pulling 900 from the floor, there's not that many powerlifters that have pulled nine and squatted nine no. at, in the same contest. There's yeah. just not that many. And I think, as to date, there's only one that has squatted 1,000 and pulled nine. Wow. One. So... He, you know, he could dunk. He's, and I, I don't know to, to what point it stopped, but he was able to dunk a basketball yeah. fairly easily. Yeah. There's video of it. Like, he's ungodly athletic, too. And I just look, I go, man, it's some, they, they say everyone's created equal. I don't know. That man is. He, he, was, he got an extra helping. And by the way, this is now just turning into just putting over Mark Henry the whole show. Yeah, he yeah. could do the squats full blown. Like, Adam, yeah. I've never, like, he doesn't warm. I'm warming up and stretching to go out there all beat up. And I just watch Mark. He just, he does not have, he just could do the split. So just like nothing. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is this? Yeah. <clears throat> I used to have to pick him up, man. That was WrestleMania too. Uh, I had to, and he doesn't like getting picked up. Fairly, the guys. Yeah, you could understand why. Yeah, he's the one usually picking people up. So and I told you, like, out of everyone I've had to pick up for uh, the shell shock finisher, like his body is not like everybody else's. He's just so massive. Yeah, him and Big Show are the two where they're they're just two different breeds of human being. But Mark is he's not seven feet tall like Big Show, but like he's just like to me, I'm telling you, he's a dinosaur is the best word. To describe him, like I just like oh, his body doesn't look like anything else I've ever seen. Like, how do you in competing with guys like this? Do you're competing against? You're a very large human being by all accounts. Thank you. But there's some monsters in the world's strongest men and the, oh, the strongest man in history. These guys, oh, yeah. Eddie Hall. I mean, Sudunus Savickas. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Hopthor Bjornsson. Yeah. Yeah, they're big men. Robert. I mean, all these guys. Yeah, even Robert. Robert's Robert's six eight or six seven and. 400 pounds, he's a huge man. That's like, How do you go up or prepare against competing against guys of that size? Or are they at a disadvantage being that big, too? Does it work both ways? Um, it depends on what events get chosen, to be honest with you. Yeah. So it depends on what the promoter picks for the events. But for the most part, the bigger you are, the more weight you can move. It's just how it is. But joints are bigger. You look at the guys. Bigger. Yeah. I, I just went in there, and I wasn't trying to go to war against them. I was trying to go to war against the implements. Yeah. And so I didn't worry about, I can't control anything that they do. None of it. All I can control is what I do. So I just go in and I hit that one event, one event at a time with everything that I have, with the best technique I have, trying to figure out every little, any little micro step or move that I could do it better with. Yeah. And a lot of times it won the day. That's great advice to do that for you and just focusing on yourself and being your best. Mm -hmm. And like, and I'm sure cause like I am growing up being very competitive and as I've gotten older, I've tried to, to, and I feel like this last three years, I've learned a lot mentally on, you know what, just focusing within and being my absolute best. Yeah. Is, is that something for you when you were younger, you were more competitive against other people and where you learned to just kind of control that in, in football. I was that way. Yeah. When I started getting into powerlifting, I quickly, well, I talked to Bull Stewart. He adjusted a lot of my stuff in my workout routine and really gave me a lot of very good guidance. 
and, and Eddie Cohen for that matter as well. Yeah, I just spoke to him. I, great guy. Awesome guy. I mean, he's he's also one of those guys where you're just like, he just lifted that like it was nothing. And it's like a thousand pounds he squats. Is he considered the, the, the greatest? The goat. Yeah. He's Everyone the, I talk to says that it's the first thing they say. He's the GOAT. I mean, nowadays, the rules, a lot of the rules have changed in powerlifting. Yeah. The bar you squat on is thicker and a little bit longer, so it can handle more weight, and it doesn't wobble as much. So it's a lot lot steadier. You bench with, like, a regular power bar. Yeah. And then now the deadlift bar, you used to squat, bench, and deadlift on the same bar. So the squat, it would be a little bit of a whippy, and then when you go to pull it off the ground, it was really stiff. Yeah. So these guys now, the deadlift bars, they bend so much, and they're thinner. The diameter of those bars are thinner, so they fit in your hands better, and it allows guys to uh, hook grip yep. just that much easier. So on a regular bar, it's a little bit harder. Not much, but a little bit harder to hook grip, and then the bar doesn't give, so you don't get any weight coming off the floor. So Makes all the difference. When Eddie was competing back then, it was it was hard. He uh, and we had a good conversation. I could tell you could you could always tell when you talk to somebody like if they're a good guy or not. And I was like, man, he's he's a because I didn't know a lot about him as far as yeah. never had spoken to him. And I talked to the Andrew Locke who's been helping me with everything. And mm-hmm. and Eddie's going to shoot down there to to Medellin, Colombia for bioaccelerator with the stem cells. He's going down in December. I'm jealous. Yeah, oh man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I want to go back and get another, I want them to put, I got 175 million stem cells total between my back, shoulder, and ankle. I want to get 175 million just in my shoulder next. I want to go down because I feel like it's now making, like I was doing a lot of this rehab stuff before and I wasn't getting the results because I was so, it was so bad. Like my shoulder, the inflammation, I would do rehab stuff and get so much inflammation that it would be locked up for three days after. And it was, it was doing more harm than good. And I didn't know what to do. And then finally, after, I don't know what point with this, what I've had 14 of them halfway or three quarters in, I started noticing some progression, but the last round that I went down there, I've noticed and like right now I'm coming up on four months since the procedures in August, I believe. And it's just like every week I'm getting stronger and stronger, no back pain anymore. Like my yeah, you, needed a five disc fusion. Like as far as from within having the nerve damage, yeah. it's all gone. And like, I'm like, this is it's like out of a movie and stuff. But like the in like guy like Eddie who has had these injuries and lifting so heavy and a lot of just different things. Yeah, he's had his ribs replaced. Oh. Yeah, and so I'm hoping he can get some some um, comfort with this and just because it's it, there's a, you're never going to fight age all the way. And like I went down with Kevin Nash, the, yeah. the wrestler, and, he, and I just texted him the other day. I go, "How are you feeling?" And and he was like, oh, "About thirty percent better here. The cognitive function way better. Shoulders doing better." But he goes, "I've just come to the realization that I'm sixty years old. Yeah. Also, right. I'm not going to probably ever be hundred percent ever again. It's not going to take you back to where you were. Yeah, here, but it's still going to make what you're going through much easier." Yeah, and it's so I'm hoping he can get down there. He, he he said he's going in December, and I think it's like I I they're really they're working more now than they did. They worked for about six seven months, wow. so it, it, it's made like I'm getting it's like out of a movie getting a second chance. At, like my back, it's like I said, is a hundred percent. Like it's and like I don't. It's now more a little more mental at this point because I'm I wake up and expect to be in pain and I'm not. Because I woke up in pain for so long. It makes your day that much better. Yeah. And like, it, it's amazing. But I'm like, man, if I can. So I'm kind of now my expectations. Are, I was like, well, I want this to get. You'd like that. But I, I've come to the realization also. I go, it might not. But I could, I could do everything with this still. 
the back was a different story. Right. It was, but so I, I would hope if you can ever get down there, man, I don't know what, what for you, if you had to target something like, what are your problem areas now? <laughs> elbows, hip, elbows in my hip. If I can get those done, maybe this shoulder, but yep. this shoulder I can deal with. Do you have arthritis in there? Do you think cartilage? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now is that from, is it, is, so is there a way, cause I've seen this, is there a way to be a power lifter? And cause I, I get, I feel like powerlifters. I've always are very special human beings mentally, mm-hmm. mentally more so. And it's the physical stuff you see, but I feel like it's a mental to push yourself and squat with a thousand pounds on your back. And that is so mental that so many human beings can't even fathom that it, that alone that challenge. Well, you can't let fear into your head. Yeah, when you're stepping off of the weight. Yeah, I mean, if you're afraid of anything when you start to squat, it's a game over. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, so. You, you can't be afraid of what's going to happen. You just have to go do it. You just have to commit. That to me is what I've always been drawn to. Like I remember being younger, watching the world's strongest man stuff with Bill mm-hmm. on, on TV. Oh. And those guys. Oh, and that, that man was certifiable when he was competing. Yeah. He, he was probably one of the most intense people you would ever want to be around other than maybe Kirk Kozlowski. Yeah. I mean, the, Kirk was absolutely nuts as well. I mean, you couldn't get near a squat rack or anything else. Really? Kaz was just, he was the man, he knew it, and he was just gonna, he didn't care. He was just gonna come beat you. And that was the end of it. He took it personally, he yeah. took it hard. He was the strongest man on earth and he was gonna show you. He still looks good too. He still looks great. It's... And, and he's a great guy. I mean, he's mellowed a lot of age and he's a lot of fun to hang out with, a lot of fun to talk to. He's got a ton of stories. And he's also inspirational. I mean, he pushed me at my first Worlds. Going in, I was four points behind Laws with two events to go. Because Sedrunas was running away with the heat, but the top two get him to the finals. Yep. And uh, Kaz comes up to me. He's like, look, you zeroed the axle, but that's fine. You're four points behind. Win the deadlift hold because we had a car hold for time. Yep. And he goes, and then just beat him in the, beat him in the medley, and you'd be fine. And the way things turned out, Louis Philippe only wanted, had to go against Sadrunas in the car deadlift hole. Yeah. And all he wanted to do was beat Sadrunas. He didn't think, he didn't think in his head, because he was one point behind me. So he was still within reach. And he didn't think in his head at that time, the other two guys still got to go. Yeah. So he hears Sadrunas drop at about 106. And then he smiles and then puts it down. And I'm just like, why do you do that? He could have held that a lot longer. I'm like, that's a mistake. And then we all had to use these brand new iron line straps. So Laws had a brand new pair of straps on. I had taken a, a foot file to it yep. and roughed up the straps and got them all the way broken in. So they stuck. They weren't slippery. Yeah. Chalked the heck out of them, wrapped it around to where it looped in and tied it almost. You can you can wrap it backwards yep. and wrap it forwards, and it'll make a loop around there where you can hold it with your fingertips. Oh wow! Yeah, you don't even need to put pressure on it if you do it right. <laughs> and just experience and knowing how to do it, and picked it up and I'm sitting there holding it, and I hear laws drop, and I hear somebody say 55, and I'm like, going, oh my god, I'm going to pick up three points. All I got to do is sit here and hold it, and I close my eyes and I put my head down. I didn't realize how long I had my head down. Because I I'll open up my eyes and I look up and I see everybody doing this. Really? <laughs> Tell me to put it down. And my wife, like I can now hear my wife. I couldn't hear. You completely she's, blacked out, just went into another place. Another place. 
I put the thing down. I'm thinking, oh, man, there's no way I'm going to make the finals now. And Laws comes over to me, and he's patting me on the back. And I hear Colin Bryce go, mate, you held it 10 seconds too long. What's going on? What were you doing? We kept telling you to put it down. I go, I don't know. I have my eyes closed. Sorry. Man. Yeah, it was crazy. And then we had to race up the beach carrying kegs, about 250 to 280-pound kegs, up the beach in sand and put them on top of a platform that was about chest height. And I remember Laz and I took off. He actually was ahead of me. I put the keg up, the first keg up, and I was like, oh, no. And I just sprinted. It felt like I took three steps, but, I mean, it's 12 meters. Yeah. And I just sprinted, and I hockey stopped into the crowd, into the beach. Oh. Everybody was saved. (laughs) Picked up the next keg and took off before Laz even got back to his other keg. Got the second one up, came back, did the same thing with the third one, but I felt something on the third one on my hand. Didn't think anything out of it, threw it up there, come back, grab the fourth one, I'm going up the hill, and the kick slips out of my hand. I had torn the callus off my hand. Uh, which is the worst feeling when it's, and that's not just a small one, I have a feeling. No, <laughs> so it's getting slippery, and I'm trying yeah. to, hold it. I get up there, I put, it, I try to get it on the platform. You still do it, by the way, though. Yeah. yeah. Falls off and hits the ground. Oh, uh, like, shit. I turn and I look. And here's Laws just coming up the hill, slow and steady. And I'm like trying to get it up there again. And I dropped it and I'm trying to catch my breath. And he comes up and he hits the platform and misses it and it falls down. He goes down to grab it again and they blow the whistle. Yeah. That's how close we yeah. were to who was going to make it to the finals that year. And I got the third one up faster than he did. So it was me. Wow. Because we tied on points yeah. and the count back I won. Plus I beat him in that event. People don't understand that to say from powerlifting to the world's strongest man, the conditioning factor that goes into it is, it's what, not just talking of just, just, just superhuman weights. And yeah. you're carrying, this stuff takes an uh, incredible amount of aerobic capacity. Yeah, a huge uh, amount of aerobic Yeah, I mean, capacity. and a whole other level on that, which I can't even, if, if you've just watching it, you can't understand it if you've never done it. Like, yeah. And it's at a weight that most people can't even pick up to begin with. Yeah. You guys are moving and racing, essentially. Yeah. It, it's, it's a whole other thing to me. It's always like it's always been a spectacle to me. So it's very. Uh, I, I see. I feel like over the years it's gotten more popular yeah. in that. But I, I'm like even surprised it's not even more popular. But I think a lot of people can't relate to it. Almost. I, I think it's a lot of that. It's, they, they have no idea how special what you're actually seeing really is. Yeah, when you're lifting a car, people seem to relate to that better. Yeah, when you're flipping a giant thousand pound tire people seem to relate to that better yeah but there's things you do i mean and even when you're picking up a beer keg people can seem to relate to that because people have been to a bar a lot of people have gone to a bar and they try to pick up a keg yeah the thing is is they put sand or lead shot in the keg and yeah it's not 168 pounds it's 250 yeah. 300 330 they're 330 if you fill them all the way up the concrete yeah. by the way that's funny you mentioned that because in pro wrestling, that was actually in one of the things today with the styles change with a lot of different guys. There's a psychology aspect of pro wrestling that when you do certain things, like if you slap a person in a, in a match, it's going to get a really good reaction because the audience can relate to it because most people have been slapped. Um, a punch tends to get a better reaction if you throw a really good punch yeah. um, rather than if you do these acrobatic type things that even though the crowd might react to in a certain way, they can't relate to it as much because they've never actually, yeah. uh, as far as the, the pain factor and whatnot. So it's funny you bring that up and people can relate to cars and tires and kegs because yeah. it's, it's, they, they know it's heavy yeah. where weight, you could say it's 
900 pounds, but they don't really. What's 900 pounds? Yeah. You're not going to move it. So yeah. They're never, they're never going to be under it. What got you from, cause you started in powerlifting first. Yeah. What, what was the, the decision the, the, that got you to doing the world's strongest man and switching over? And was it tough? It was my son. How'd I mean, that go? Uh, I still get choked up. What did I tell him? Mark Philippi and I had won nationals the same year. I was in the 275s and he was in the 390s. You want to be strength coach. Strength one, coach yeah. who, was, who was doing world's strongest okay, man. Yep. So I knew him and he put on a contest here at UNLV and said, hey, why don't you come watch? And I was just going through the divorce with my wife and everything else. And I, I took Dylan out there to go watch and he's hanging around. Phil Fister's there. Phil Fister's there and... Uh, John Anderson was there and just a ton of other guys I used to compete against in powerlifting as well. And I'm watching the show and it looks like they're having fun. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. Oh, I know I could do this one. I know I could do that one. And I'm sitting there watching it and he just looks at me and goes, dad, this is really cool. You're really strong. You should do this. Here I am. I love it. That is <laughs> it's like, I'll do, I'm going to do it, bud. And I, I, I trained for about... Eight months, got my weight back on, got some size back on. And when I first got into Strongman, I'd gotten my weight back up to 275. You know, and I actually won my pro card at about 280 and then just kept trying to get bigger and stronger to keep competing in it. But Man. that first year, um, I qualified for nationals, went to pro nationals, got sixth overall in the country in America's Strongest Man that year. And John Anderson blows out his knee. Because he was doing some wrestling. Yep. That'll get you every time. Either in Japan or Russia. He did something, but he blew out his knee. Yep. Kevin Nee signed a contract with Metrex and couldn't compete there anymore. Is John Anderson the guy with the giant traps? Yes. That name sounds familiar. Okay, yeah. 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 Giant trap. Bald head, giant Bald trap, head. yeah. And it talks like this. Yeah. His voice really, really deep. You know, he gets in there and, blah, you know, you're just like, do you? Does you, is your voice sore when you're done? Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Like, <laughs> Very pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And then Derek Poundstone, of all people, that's when he hurt his back. Because he was really, really good. And then he hurt his back. And when he came back from that, that's when he went on a tear. That really? was just unreal. Yeah. He came back, and that's when he won America's Strongest Man in 2007. Won the Arnold, you know, twice. Yep. Got second at World's Strongest Man. He didn't follow that last stone up with his body. He just threw it up there because he knew it would go yeah. and it kind of spun on him and came down. Jesus. If he would have thrown his body forwards like you do on stones or yeah. they're like that, he would have actually beat Marius that year. But it's just a mistake. Man, the injuries. What what did you when did you start this? Your the beginning. Were you strong as a kid? Just Naturally, uh, for my size, I've always been strong. Yeah, but my sophomore year, uh, high school, I was about five three, five four, about yeah. one hundred thirty pounds, and I was playing football. I was playing defensive end, and I wanted to keep playing. Yeah, and my coach just like sent me with some juniors and seniors, and the junior a guy named Anthony Bach, who still lives here in Vegas, he owns John's Loan, invited me into the weight room with them, and I just I saw how strong they were, and I was like, I'm going to be like that, and Wow. You know, my senior year, I won the state championships in powerlifting. Holy hell. That's funny because my freshman year in high school, I was smaller. Not small ever, but I hadn't had a growth spurt yet. Yeah. They put me in weight training um, a year early because they, they thought I was like, I was strong already, but like they, they got me approved to get in there uh, whatever the year before we were allowed to. 
and I made for Western High School, made the wall as a sophomore for the four big lifts, but I never knew what I was doing. I, I look back, I was like, you're probably one of the first guys I've actually physically worked with, which we worked out last week, where I've actually, I've had people work with me like uh, over in online, and so it's not the same though, as somebody visually getting eyes on you and, yeah. and doing that, but that was, and then I had a huge growth spurt freshman to sophomore year. Yeah, um, I was that, a sophomore to junior. Yeah. I grew almost a, like 10 inches in a year. Wow. That was painful. I can imagine. And then just kind of slowed down from there. But yeah. what, For you too, and with the weight, in the, you mentioned being 275 before, now is it consuming more food like that? Is it is it something, what would you, if you're, say, it's, uh, say this is whenever the point is and the, the lifting is going to kind of slow down a little bit and you can relax a little more, oh, yeah. what's your ideal body weight you think for you that you would be comfortable with? I actually have kind of like an exit strategy. So when I'm done competing, yeah. I'm probably going to drop down to 275 and hold that for probably two to five years and then drop again down to 242. Yep. It's just a lot easier on your body. It's a lot easier on your heart. Yeah. It's a lot easier on your joints. Um, I'll always continue to lift and I'll probably keep competing in powerlifting yeah. because the nice thing about powerlifting is you can put, you determine what you lift. Yeah. So I can call my opener as heavy or as light as I want. And so I can just keep doing it. It just, is it, do you think too, like, cause I, I've talked about this and like, I've kind of went through it a little bit at a young age for me, what it was, I and like, you look at like Ronnie Coleman, like the injuries, like he, um, and then yeah. everyone, um, and I feel like he's still working out and some people are the kind of questioning with everything with his back and whatnot, but it's who he is and like, he, he loves, loves it. it, loves it. But to me too, there's a thing and I've experienced it and I was like, I trademarked the big guy. Like, and I was like, and I've dealt with it with wrestling and going through where this and my weight got down to, I think the lowest I got down to was like 265, 270. Mm -hmm. And, but, and it's, uh, and I'm fine. I've dealt, I've dealt and gone through enough injuries where I've lost size, but people look at you differently. Sometimes when you're on TV and they look at you like, Oh man, are you for you? Are you caught up? Cause I feel like a lot of big guys are caught up in being big because it becomes your identity in a way. Do you think if for you, do, if you had to go down and when you're 240, do you think that's something that would be difficult or not? Cause it was for me personally in yeah. like in a younger, but I wasn't ready to be done yet either. Yeah. So it's just, it, I don't know. I always ask people that cause I'm curious. I, I, I think honestly, I don't think it's going to bother me that much. Yeah. Cause one, I started out pretty darn small. I mean, even my freshman year, I played junior midget football for pop Warner. Oh, the weight wow. class was 110 pounds. So you've already been there. You're, so yeah. <laughs> I, I've already been there. And it, so it, it I don't think it's going to phase me that way, but I mean, I liked being big. I yeah. like being really strong. I'm saying, but I also know, you know, to do that. I want to be a 90 year old man. I want to live to be a hundred, you know, and you don't see a lot of 300 pound guys that are over no. 60, 70 years old. So I, it, it's, it's just one of those things where it'll be a phase that I move through. Have you had, I, cause I've been, I've had in like CT Fletcher on here and he's talked mm -hmm. about like in his, his heart problems and things. Mm -hmm. And then I had, um, the, the anabolic doc. He was one of my first people I had on. I actually Dr. Thomas O'Connor. Okay. Um, and he actually mentioned to me about the coronary artery calcium score for your heart. Yep. And uh, I had never heard of that before. Yeah, I went this, serious, this yeah. past year, I went and got all the heart tests done just to know, to see where I'm at and being heavy mm -hmm. for the majority of my adult life. And it came back zero. Perfect. 
And, and I do cardio out the ass, so like all the time. And well, that was obvious because when you were doing your drags, yeah, you actually through the drags, you did better than I did. Uh, I did, but the you know what I didn't realize though, I went uphill that first time. It was like, and when I went downhill, like, oh, this is way better. Yeah. Um, but that well, that's from I do a lot of uh, like today was my off day. I went and did um, forty five on the elliptical, which I'll do level twenty five just to kind of warm up. But I do that, like sprints, full blown on one of the. I don't know what it's called. It's the one they use your body weight, though. It's kind of mm-hmm. arched. and uh, But I'll do like 12 sets of 30 seconds full blown, like, but different burpees and things. Because like for wrestling, the the conditioning aspect, I tell people, it's in, that's why I was asking you. It's, it's incredible to me, people of your size. And I don't think people, you don't get enough appreciation for the cardio aspect of things. Yeah. It's wow, the more muscle you have the more oxygen you, you consume up. your body needs. And like for me in wrestling, if I have to go wrestle a 180 pound or 200 pound guy and we have to go have a 25 minute match, that 25 minute match is a lot more taxing on my body. And I need my cardio to be probably twice as good as that guy's. And so I became obsessed with it when I really, and it was, I contribute almost all my success to it. Cause I used to get blown out the, out of the sky when I first got into wrestling, I, I used to never get tired. And then I got into pro wrestling, but I got bigger. And then the cardio aspect is just a whole different animal. Yeah. It'll, it'll make you see funny. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like it's, that's what I was saying. Like you're carrying the weight yeah. and it, it's, you're doing your aerobic and anaerobic and just taxing your body, mm-hmm. your central nervous system, everything on a whole other level. It's why it's like you mentally have to be so tough to do that and succeed at it. Yeah, you just have to be willing to keep going, even though your body doesn't want to. But you have to determine what if your body's going to break. Yeah. Or if it's just physical. How do you do or that? Or if it's just miserable pain. Yeah. And a lot of times, the, the distinction between the two is very clear. It's very clear. Yeah. Like the, the, the difference between something wanting to snap yep. and something that just feels miserable yeah. that you can still work through, it just sucks. Yeah. It, it's, it's a very. Two different distinct pains. Well, I was going to ask you that because and we did with the Feed Me More Fitness video last week with rebuilding Ryback here. We're doing all this. Um, you fixed my deadlift form right away. And yeah. I, I got deadlifts. I can't wait. I got back because uh, we're doing a video tomorrow with a girl I actually want to put you in contact with, with the newbie device okay. for the nerves. Yeah. She actually needs help with her deadlift and wanted to give you free treatment. To, I go, okay. I don't think he'll say no to free treatment on this because it's. I go, the machine is awesome. But... You fixed my deadlift in doing that. I, and it's funny. I had a high the whole day after we trained and we trained for quite a long time. Like three and a half, four hours. Yeah. On that. And and there was some downtime in there and whatnot, but it was, it was a lot. And with the fact, but just the amount of weight and different things that I haven't done in so long, but it was a major stress relief for me because ever since I was younger, I had been deadlifting and using my back and taxing my back and it caused me so much stress because I'd have a pay-per-view and I would have back and I want to do deadlifts. But I was like, I don't want to blow my back out before a big thing. So I'll stop at four or 500 pounds, but I never felt good doing it. Right. This was the first time since that I lifted and my back, you asked me, how's your back? And we did, then we did 530. and I hadn't touched that weight. I can't even tell you the last time I've touched that weight. can't remember. Yeah, you pulled 535 like it was nothing. And then you almost pulled 595. The four, but I was like, I got it. That's what I was going to ask you with the back. Well, you went, you did everything the same up to 535. Yeah. And 595, you got excited. And yeah. You didn't lift it the same way. I didn't, but I felt it in my back again where I started. And then like, it didn't hurt or anything, but I just remember that feeling. That's why I was like, 
this isn't right. Like, cause it was, it wasn't stressing the area that we were earlier, but it's crazy. Like I've, and I got to show you my gym out here. I've had this, and like now I'm learning all these different core things and the Zerker squats and these things that are building an indestructible core. So that's the key for me to having success once again. I'm going to get you a sandbag too, by the way. Oh yeah. So, cause I got a couple extra ones at the house. Yeah. So I got to fill them anyway. So I'll fill one at about 250 and I'll just give you one. Oh wow. It'll Thank really you. help with your training. That's especially with the pro wrestling because carrying people picking, and picking up and carrying people walking around. Yeah. It's a whole different animal, which a lot of power guys don't power wrestle in wrestling because it, you can do it a little bit and it takes so much out of you. And I said that I did it for about five years on like live events. And I look back and if I would have had this knowledge I think I would have avoided everything that I did. Yeah. Even though there was oh, a couple sure. moves that were compressing my dick, I think my back would have been so strong, my core. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, and I always did core stuff. I do a lot of different ab stuff, but there's just a different, that sport is so taxing on your body. You have to train. Whereas a lot of wrestlers, we talk, they'll do fluff stuff just to kind of, you start doing almost like light bodybuilding because you think you're like, you're just so, but in reality, you need to be doing the opposite Yes. in trying in, in training harder and building your, and just hardening your body. And like, I was stretching and doing all this static stretching before matches. You would almost want to actually theoretically go to a graveyard shift type of working thing. Yeah. Where you go do your wrestling match and then go train after that. Yeah. So you actually sleep as much as you can before you got to do your appearances, whatever it is. Yeah. And then do your wrestling match. And then go hit the gym. Whereas wrestling, it's usually you go, they have a guy, we go work out before. Yeah. And then you go, you got to calm, you get cold again, and then you go wrestle. You might, that would be something to look at is maybe try the routine. Switching it up. Switching it up. That way, because, I mean, I worked at a club for, you know, three years here in town. And instead of going to work before I went to work, I started training afterwards. So I'd start training at like five o'clock in the morning. Man, and that's amazing. You've had done all this, and you just up until recently, you worked the entire time too. Yeah, like 50, 60 hour weeks. Yeah, and, and a full, full, two kids, a wife, two kids, a wife, and the whole thing. It's, How do you make it work? I, well, I, I've got to do a lot of really cool things in my life. Yeah, but then when I come back home, it's back to the routine. It's discipline, discipline, discipline. Work, feeding while I'm at work. Everything set up to eat while I'm at work, and then Remember coming it. home. Rest when I have to rest, spend time with the kids as much as I can, spend time with the wife as much as I can, and back to training. And I mean, it just makes a very regimented and disciplined life. And then you go to a contest, you go out to do things, and it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's back to, back to the grind. You're able to, when you work, you go all out, I feel. And when you're not, I feel like you're able to disconnect. And when you're with the family, yep. You need to compartmentalize things. Yeah. Like build a box for work. And shut, like it, when you're not lifting, you're not lifting. Yeah. I feel like you have mastered that. Like yeah. it's, I just, just from meeting and seeing and training with you, I could, I just got that sense that you're really, that's a big part of your success. I feel like is you're able to, we, everyone talks about balance, but you're actually able to do it. Yeah. You have, but you have to, cause there's no other way. There's no other way or I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to do what I did. How did so? How did the strongest man in history come about with this? This is this because it is it, four just very unique individual, yeah. it, but it's the perfect four. I feel like yeah, no, it, it's absolutely. I mean, we all get along. I mean, Brian's won four world strongest man titles. Eddie's won one. He's deadlifted eleven hundred pounds. Robbie for a long time had the American record in the log, which just got broke like last year, and then me. Masters World Strongest Man, then a world champion powerlifter, and 
everything a nine-time world's strongest man competitor we all stand out on our own but we all get along together we all give each other a rash of shit but we also all love each other and come together when we need to come together and we didn't bash each other in the show either no um, we still it has a very good vibe we teased but we didn't bash yeah. we didn't run people into the ground we didn't try to do the regular reality series thing where we tear each other apart we were actually good male role models yeah so you, go figure you guys knew each other before this yeah. so you guys have been around for that's what i was saying it was just it, there's a good energy to the show and like i've had robert on here and he couldn't have been like a nicer guy you can just yeah. tell right away i was like that guy it's, Robbie's, that's a good Robbie's a good dude. good dude like right off the bat just you could just get that sense that they just picked four guys that like because you, with TV and that stuff, people cause too can get weird on TV and act different. Yeah. It didn't, the, you guys, it was, you did everything right, I feel we, like. We were us. Yeah, we, which is the best way to be. We didn't step out of any of that. We were us. And it was pretty Well, who's cool. going to tell you guys, too? That, I, that's a, that's, I, that's a, I'd like to see the, uh, the casting director <laughs> that's going to tell you for, yeah, we need you guys to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but it was pretty interesting. I got a call from a guy named Chris Ducks uh, one day from 215 West. And he had this idea about the show. wasn't quite the concept that we're doing, but it was really close. And wanted to do a Skype interview, wanted to know if I'd sign a thing. Um, I was like, yeah, sure. So I did the Skype interview. And then somehow he ended up talking with E1 Entertainment. Robbie and I had already filmed a pilot about four or five years before this um, that E1 filmed for us. So they kind of knew. And so Robbie was the next Skype interview. They did it with him. And then Brian, and then eventually Eddie, and this took about two and a half years. Yeah, this wasn't an overnight thing. No, this was a process. Long, it took a long time. Yeah. And then about October of last year, they offered, a little over a year ago. Excuse me. Just coming back up. Um, <laughs> they offered us the contracts, and then it, that took negotiation for a while. And then uh, every, once everybody was signed. Then it took a long time to figure out the filming schedule. Yeah, everyone's Brian, busy, right? Brian and Eddie are like nuts busy, and then Robbie's got his things going on, and I was just working. So it was like for me, once I quit my job, you know, they've all been out in the hustle. Yeah, they they they're all used to going to shows and doing yeah. all these things, and they have things set up. And I'm like, oh my god, I've been working sixty hours a week, so I never went to the expos. I never did all yeah. these things. I got to start doing the hustle now. Which is a whole different thing. A whole different thing. Yeah. Learning about Instagram more and working social on Social media, all social of it. Social media. Yeah. Focusing now. Now my next focus will be my YouTube page as well. Starting to try to get that role. But you're Nick so, Best on YouTube as well, right? Nick Best on YouTube. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to find. Branding is so important. But you've seen too, like I just started it about five months ago and got on it. It's And YouTube was the missing link for me. Yeah, you're killing it. But, it, but it, it, I had to get healthy before I wanted. Yeah. And then for, But I wish I made it in 2012 knowing what I know now yeah. with it, but it's, and you see some of the other guys that are like Eddie is, who's is a uh, Brian Shaw's is really, I think over a million, isn't he? On Brian's there? at like 1.1 1. 1 or 1. 1.2. Yeah. Today. It, I was looking at one of those videos today. Yeah. No, but so like branding is so important. And I was like, it's, you guys are going to do a season two on this most likely, hopefully. Right. Or do everything they, is set up for us to go. We're just waiting for the producers, the executive at the network to go roll. The numbers on YouTube on it look great too. Like people are definitely, I feel like this is only going to go up. Yeah. We're just waiting. Yeah. I mean, but it's a network. I mean, they made Goldberg wait last time. So, yeah. I mean, they, they could call us tomorrow. They could call us in five months. It's just, 
it's when they decide it's ready to go. Is that stressful for you? Because it's a whole different ball game. Like I told, I joked with you, and I get now. You used to get recognized for being Ryback. I, I told you, I, I, I get recognized for being Nick Best now. <laughs> the, I still think that's the funniest thing. The, is it like because I just know and from being on TV and, and that kind of stuff. I'm actually going to have to shave my beard back because yeah, people are like, "Are you?" <laughs> Instead of just knowing, I'm just like, "All right, I'm just." just I'll end up, I actually, I think I'm going to fade it in. But yeah. Go ahead. Is it stressful for you, though? The, and even though, like wrestling, you're in the performing in front of a lot of people. I don't know. these. you have people around, though, for this stuff? Oh, yeah. This, yeah. But you guys are, like, to me. We'll have more people at some of these than they will at the World's yeah, Strongest Man. You guys, though, this is, which I am curious on this. Do they have a makeup truck for you guys for the TV show? <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, because WWE, I'm just going to tell you. Straight, I would do this, because I know how TV people are. In WWE, I used to tell people to fuck off. They would come up to me. I mean, They wanted to put makeup on me while I'm sitting in it. I go, get the fuck away from me. I, I don't need fucking makeup. This is how I look. Deal with it. Do you, have, do you guys have people putting powder on you guys to bring out your features while you're lifting massive amounts of weight? Oh, just for Brian. <laughs> is he no, the only one? No, joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. But those no, TV no, people we, are like... We didn't have any makeup guys. Did they offer it? Because no, they didn't even offer That's hilarious to me. because They didn't offer to make sure we had makeovers. They didn't do anything with anybody's hair. You guys need your own, your own, your own... What's the... Um, Trailers out there, everything, oh makeup. God, you got. I would love I don't to see think we ever live that down. The evolution of the the strongest man in history is you guys start becoming divas <laughs> as you guys the show gets because if you look at like the Impractical Joker show, yeah. those guys when they first started that to like now they are killing it. They are. and they get a movie coming out everything. I would just love to see you guys start really get demanding as this goes along. <laughs> Brian just has all the brown M and M's or whatever <laughs> things really, and then for the, the just thinking of making this monetizing this on all different ends. Well, I can see Brian having, you know, cooked ground hamburger, cooked ground buffalo. Yeah, and in your own, yes. You know, in three different containers, <laughs> heated, warm, and ready to eat. You know, his eggs ready for breakfast, and a giant rice cooker ready. You know, having that stuff laid out, not the M&M's. Yeah, not the M&M's, yeah. I, mean, I could see all of us actually doing that. You all have your own meal preps, everything. Yeah, this is awesome. But I see, I see this getting bigger, man, because it is. And exercise physio, or physio. So massage therapist, yes, you know stuff like that. We we could use you. That. Legit, do need that though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The stress on the you're, you guys are. This isn't you're going and doing a TV thing and like you can mail it in. Yeah. You guys are going and in, in putting yourself at risk every episode. Oh, oh, I got hurt a couple times. Pretty good. There's no like I, I, I lost a half an inch on the barrel lift. Really? Yeah, I'm a half an inch shorter now. No shit. Yeah, because it was two thousand pounds. It was like a yoke pick at two thousand pounds. And it, it something when I got up to the top with two thousand something crunched and I, oh. I mean I got the lift but it still it, it kind of hurt. Do you guys with the, the people in, in this and picking the different things that you guys are going to do? Do they run this by you guys first too to kind of get your opinion, or do they kind of just like this is what we're going to do and you guys a little kind of both actually? Yeah, they'll, they'll let us know a little bit and we'll look at it or we'll try to give them some insight into it. And sometimes they'll get it right, and other times we're like, oh, I don't know. We got. We're gonna have you guys had to say no to some things? Um, we've had to look at things and have them redo it. Re kind of reevaluate it. Yeah, and then like the, the barrel lift, for instance, they were still putting it together when we got there, and I was the one that got to drive across town somehow and go test it. Does he <laughs> want to do that? <laughs> oh yeah, you go, and I'm like, thanks, guys. <laughs> More, you Man. Know? But testing it. 
the bottom brackets had a, the pieces of screws that stuck out. And when you set it down, it made the whole top move and go crooked. So it almost pinched uh, hit my hand pretty good. So we had to, they had to figure out how to clear that out. So when the thing went down, it went down straight. Man, when you're so, filming, that's, sorry, go ahead. I don't want to. No, but so some of the things had to be adjusted as we were doing it. Wow. Do you guys with the filming on that too? Um, do they give you guys a set time on that and that you guys know, or is this like you're hanging out and just waiting for a call? Like, okay, we're going to, well, so we'll have a production time when it starts. Okay. And then we'll kind of know during the day when we're going to do it, they'll give us time to work because we in grind, we made sure they understood we need a proper warm up when we're ready yes. to go. You need to be ready to film. We're not doing it again. So if you miss it, it's on you. Yeah. There's and, no double takes on a lot of this I stuff. mean, Rob and Brian, our producers, were on point. I mean, Pete and Mike, our camera guys, were amazing. Ian, the average man that you guys see, he was also running around with cameras getting us. Yeah. That guy worked his tail off and then got dragged out to try all the stuff that we did. Yeah. And Ian's a great dude. I mean, the whole the whole crew is... It's only going to get better, too, the longer yeah. this goes on, too. Because yeah. season one on anything, it's a lot of learning and seeing what yeah. works and what doesn't. But clearly, the formula works yeah. with you four. So that's going to yeah. be... No, it's amazing. And that's on YouTube. It's the strongest man in history, correct? If yeah. you just... Or the History Channel. It's on through their... It's on the History Channel. You just go to their uh, YouTube page and you can just scroll down. Yep. So you find our section on it. Okay. And then I wanted to talk to you and get your thoughts too, before we wrap up on social media and, and being someone who, cause you grew up without it for a long point. And I grew up without a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Like it's, I, and I kind of, I grew up without it for it a portion of beepers. Yeah. <laughs> like beepers were the big thing when I was yeah. coming up and I never had any of that, but I remember the AOL and the internet and all that when I was yeah. in high school. So I had a portion of my life without it. And then I grew up essentially with it all for the rest of, from high school on and whatnot. Now we have kids that are growing up and I've had like the people on, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was a, uh, your brain on porn, on porn addiction and different things. And oh God. it's crazy that there's real scientific evidence of what's going on. And I'm always curious on getting someone's thoughts on what are your thoughts with the way technology and the way everything is evolving in this fast paced world? Because you've been on, both, both sides. sides do you and i do you, there are positives but do you do you, what are your thoughts on that i think the positives uh, we're better connected anywhere yes. we want when i was i was actually just talking to sawyer about this yesterday when i was done in la when i was a kid if we wanted to look something up we either had to go to the library yep or we had, if we were fortunate enough, we had a set of encyclopedias at the house. Yes. And we'd have to go get it from the encyclopedia encyclopedias and look stuff up that yeah. way. That's how we had to look stuff up. We, we couldn't just hit Google or YouTube to find out or, or anything like that to figure out how to do things. So the power of this thing, I mean, they have the world basically in their hands now. Yeah. Which is a pretty amazing thing. What we need to do as parents is make sure they know it's a tool. Yeah. Make sure they also know it's a tracking device mm -hmm. and it's a personal spy device yes. for them. Yep. You, you know, uh, they they have to understand the negative things that can come from this. Very addicting. The, they, they make it that way on, on purpose. purpose. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you get into, controversial yeah. stuff yep. and things like that. Like, End of the day, the world revolves around money. There's a good way to make it in a bad way. Yeah. A lot of people choose the bad way, but yeah. we're very early on with this technology. Yeah. On, and I think it's well, people like, like 
that's why I'm curious on your input on it because it's passing down this information to younger people, like all of us, and I have to use it for work and business and know how addicting, and I have to shut it off. Yeah. Those alerts, you hear a noise, your instinct is to go, we're all very accessible. And like it's, I keep the don't do not disturb on more times than not, and I only go. I try to use it when I need to go to it because they're conditioned to to make you just be on it as much as possible. So I always, and you've had both sides, and I think it's putting that information out there. We have to learn how to use this technology for us, not let it work against us. We have to realize it's a tool, yeah, and only use it as a tool. Yep, we're relying on it a little bit too much for entertainment. Yeah, which it's some of it's okay. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, you have the world at your fingertips. So when I want to watch your workout video yeah. or learn how to throw somebody in wrestling yep. or, or do anything, I can learn how to want to learn how to clean my gun properly. Yeah. There's a lot of your, your access to information is right there, but we can't get these kids into using it as a total entertainment device yeah. as well. And so we, we have to be weary of that. And then we're going to have to look out with AI. Yeah. It's AI is going to come up real soon and it's going to put every single programmer out of work. Yeah. There's a lot with all of them. We're going to be able to run all these systems within the next 10 years. And now all of a sudden they're working on robotics to the point to where it's getting humanist. Yeah. Truck driver where they're talking about AI for the vehicles. I mean, it's yeah. who's responsible if that truck kills. Yeah. They know it's a whole different. That's why it's advancing so quickly. In this, and, and but with the kids and too, like I and I did this show dropping bombs with Bradley out here, and the guy, he really smart guy, but he was talking about like with social media, and I think for kids because it's happening with adults, and you've seen a lot of negativity and a lot of people upset. Is it's it's people know that this stuff it, it glues you to it, but what happens is if you don't, and the way he put it was prepare, don't compare. Mm-hmm. That if you're focused in doing your things. And like you have a lot going on where you, but you can't be on it all the time. But no. what happens is a lot of people and they're working, it's, they're just constantly on it yeah. and they're not, what's happening is they're not getting anything else done and it's, they're distracting themselves. Oh, I've had to, yeah. cause when I was managing things, I've had to walk up to a couple of millennials that are sitting there. I'm like, Hey bud, yeah, yeah you're getting paid to go to work right now. Yeah. Everybody's got to be here by 10 and it's nine 30 and I gave you something to do. that's going to take you an hour and a half and you're not done with it. Yep. Get off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a whole different, but that's what I was, the, the people now are, they're growing up with it. Yeah. The parents are handing over stuff and, and good parenting, bad parenting, we can go on all day about that, but it's a distraction device. So parents can be distracted and not, and it's, there's now we're going to be dealing with a whole other people coming up that are distracted in a whole different level that we've even experienced. And I just see it. Gonna, I was like, it's going to take another drastic step. Yeah. And I, that's what I was saying. We were just raising awareness on trying to use this stuff for the good as much as possible. And again, everyone, the more stuff you have going on typically, and you can prepare and take your time and you'll be, I feel like in control more, yeah. but it, it's very interesting. I was always, do you get a lot of negativity on there too or no? I, I get some, Yeah, I, I get some and it's just like, you know what? Can't please everybody. No. And did it increase people, from TV too? Did you notice? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It did. And you know what? Some people are going to say what they're going to say. I mean, people want to lay their inadequacies at your door. Yeah. Yep. Um, because you know, a guy like Stephen A. Smith, he's going to look at me, well, that's impossible. And I'm like, why? Cause I'm 51 and I can do this. Yeah. No, it's impossible for you to do it Yeah. because you will never do it. Yep. You don't have the will, the drive or the mental discipline to do yeah. it. And that's on you, yeah. but don't lay your inadequacies on me. Yep. And you just got to kind of like look at it that way yeah. and realize people are going to make their comments. I mean, if there's something you feel you can comment back, 
Show them with niceness. That's what, yeah, I do it routinely, yeah. Or just give them some education to it. Yeah. To where they can look it up themselves, point them in the right direction. Other than that, I mean, they're sitting behind a computer safe, far away to where... Well, they're in a bad place, I found. It's typically people, whether whatever's happened in their life, and they're, they're in a very negative thing, and they're addicted to the device, too, and they're scrolling, and they're comparing. And, and what happens make themselves feel better. yeah and it's so what when you get into that mindset it's I, I genuinely believe most people have good intentions I think it's just they, they they've fallen there's a lot of different circumstances that have led this to sitting behind a computer on the phone where they're not happy with themselves for whatever because and I tell people too we're gonna all see things on social media that we don't necessarily agree with or relate to yeah. the key is my thing this is why I tell people you're allowed not to like something or not it, you're, you're loud because we're all different. Oh. But the moment you stop to then try to put negativity or hate or something, I go, that's where your mindset is wrong. And I don't, I don't, it's, that's what disappoints me with people. I go, just don't do it. Just go, why focus on something that doesn't make you happy, right? I just move along and try to shift it into happiness, but it's a whole mindset thing. Living well is the best revenge. Yeah. Yeah. All you got to do is go live happy yep. and do your thing. I mean, if if you see somebody doing something that's going to hurt themselves, yeah, and it's it's something that's like physically see it, yeah, you're walking up to somebody, but on the internet you're just kind of like, hey, bud, good luck to you, yeah, sorry you feel that way, yep. And there's a good way and a bad way to do things too. Oftentimes, the people just take they get, they're angry mm-hmm. and they'll do things in a hurtful, negative, and that's what I had the one of the doctors on this show, Doctor Sue Mortar, and she was just like. Ryan, the best way, she goes, respond back with love and practice it. Absolutely. Dude, it ta- it, um, Nick is taking a lot of practice. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an angry man at heart at times, and which is maybe a lot of money. But it's, so I, and I, I have to stop and breathe and think. And I, the, but I tell you what, the more I do it, the better it's gotten. Big guy smash. Yeah, man. big guy smash. Just <laughs> throw him down a pit of spikes, done. The, <laughs> Now, giving them internet hugs and coddling them and trying to, but you know what? I don't get angry over it. Hmm. And I, so I was like, because that's another thing, not giving them power. Yeah. I was like, why am I letting you? And it even, why enable somebody yeah, else to and, have and, that effect on you? And with wrestling, it's a whole different level with people that characters and like, oh, yeah. but it's taken, I'm glad, I'm so thankful for it because I'm in such a better place and I understand people a lot better yeah. too. And I understand they're in a bad place. And so, but man. Now, if we could just get the Republicans and Democrats to do that. Yes, it's the world. <laughs> There's a reason why George Washington back in the day did not want political parties. Yes. And these two parties are just destroying our country. Yeah. That's scary. I joke all the time, Nick. I, I just want to go move to Montana or somewhere in the middle of nowhere and try to just be like away from the madness. And like Vegas is getting a little too crowded for my liking now, even though it's still, it's not, it's much yeah. better than the lever. Yeah, like especially up this area, but yeah. they're building houses now. Oh, it's all it, it's it, it, at some point it'll all be built in that yeah. land back there, though. You know, is BLM land, so until somebody trades them the property for it somewhere else, yeah, you're okay, yeah. So, but it, it's gotten just from the time I've been here about five years almost, and uh, it's changed drastically. Just, oh, the well, I've been coming. here since 1978. Yeah, that's you yeah. want to talk about changing drastically? Oh, yeah, you've been through it. All. The whole entire valley was only 400,000 people when I first moved here. Yeah, I remember it being when a kid, we'd ride our bikes in all desert all yeah. around, and I lived yeah. in like middle Western high school area. Yeah, I mean, well, we both grew up. Yeah, you would. So yeah, I went to Clark. Yeah. You know, that's created in 86. Were you born here too? I wasn't born here. You weren't born here, okay. I wasn't born here. Where were you born? Illinois. Okay. Man, a lot of similarities though. A lot. 
It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like the. Uh, I always ask everyone, Nick, uh, when they're on here, to one piece of advice if you can give the listeners that's helped you the most in your life. What would it be? If you could narrow it down to one. Patience. Rome's not built in a day. Nope. I mean, slow, methodical gains will get you where you want to be over time. If you build it fast, it's going to break. I've noticed, and, uh, and from wrestling, took me years and years of constant effort and work and going through negative things and people thinking you're not going to make it uh, and everything and starting all over after wrestling and with Feed Me More Nutrition and just grinding day mm -hmm. in and day out and taking two years before it actually started becoming really profitable. And But like I've noticed between people that, are, that have had success um, and people that don't have success is patience and that the ability to keep working and grinding and just having your, your mind set on selling and just being patient. Cause a lot of things people think if it doesn't happen in a week or a month or three months and then they stop and they move on to something else. I've seen it time oh and time again. So that is, crazy. that is phenomenal advice. I've been working out for three months. So I, I'm still not benching 400 pounds. Yeah. Man. Yep. But <laughs> it's going to take you a few years. They're going to learn the hard way with yeah. that. And that is, that is, that is great advice. Nick, you're on Instagram also. Is it Nick best Strongman? Nick best Strongman on Instagram. Twitter also? Twitter. I think it's the same on Twitter as well. Okay. And then Nick Best on YouTube as well? Best on YouTube. Good deal. Well, Nick, I can't thank you enough and uh, for training me last week. It was, uh, hopefully You're, we can have some more. Whenever you want to come over, just, we, we do that stuff on Saturdays. Is that, oh, Saturdays? Uh, Saturday, Saturdays, 11 o'clock. Really? I might, what about this Saturday? That's, Saturday, 11 o'clock. Because that's my back day, so that's I might. Uh, come over. All right. Come over because I got to squat and do some other stuff. So all right, it'll be fun to have you there. You know, I, I appreciate. It. I'm going to show you my gym too when we're yeah, done here. It's cool. Good deal, well, Nick. Thank you as always. Oh no, thank you. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy Ryback, and I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know, and other areas of the body. Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch. And that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. As for my personal friend, David Truitt, he's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback 
dash reads. That's bioaccelerator, B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash reads. What's going on, guys? The big guy Ryback here with Feed Me More Nutrition. Check us out on feedmemore.com or Amazon. You can actually save 10% on Feed Me More Nutrition at feedmemore.com with discount code PODCAST10. $1 of every sale on the website goes towards 3Square in feeding the homeless. We have our new fruity cereal, I So Hungry, our mango candy, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, and our Brain Feed Brain Support. We have supplements for men and women using only stevia and monk fruit, no aspartame, no sucralose, no artificial colors. We have something for everybody, guys. Get hungry, stay hungry, feed me more. All right, we are back. It is that time once again, ladies and gentlemen. Raj Geary with Wrestling Inc. with the Wrestling Report. How you doing? Good, Ryback. How are you? Very good. And we have another busy week, I see, uh, in the world. It of never ends. It's, uh, yeah, it stops. And uh, you, you just recovered, hopefully, from a nice trip out here in Vegas. It's a, it's a good time as always, but uh, at 44 years old, it, it, it takes a lot longer to recover. It's not the same as when uh, you're in your, your younger 20s. And it's, no, no. <laughs> at what age did that change for you, Raj? Do you remember where you, you kind of noticed a difference? Probably mid-30s. Yeah. You know, that's when it, it took more than one day to kind of get back to normal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, now I feel like it takes two or three. Yeah, absolutely. I remember drinking uh, in my early twenties and being able to do it, and not I would be able to function and do. I mean, I, I mean, a lot. There, there was a good year period there outside when I got released from OVW, and mm-hmm. I was working 50, 60 hours a week and working out and drinking a big bottle of Burnett's vodka every night. And that was a low point, but it was, I still was completely every day I'd get up and it like, if I did that now, I wouldn't be able to, I would have nothing. Yeah. yeah same here. I can have, you know, some wine a couple times a yes. week and that's, that's about it. It's funny how that happens. You get older, red wine or just wine in general becomes much more appealing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do we got going on this week? All right. Where to begin? Why don't we start? with uh, kind of a little f- more uh, mild story with Randy Orton and Tony Khan, AEW president Tony yes. Khan, Randy Orton, kind of going back and forth uh, this week. Randy Orton, you know, had been teasing that he was going to, you know, sign a five-year deal with AEW. I think a lot of people saw that as just, you know, him uh, trying to you know, gain some leverage in contract negotiations. And, you know, eventually that's, that's kind of what it was. So CM Punk had tagged Tony Khan in a tweet uh, this week. We actually have an interview with Tony Khan on wrestling Inc where he talked about it and said that, you know, CM Punk claims that they always talk about him. Tony Khan said he, he never brings up CM Punk and you know, it's always people that bring it up to him. And then here you had punk bringing up Tony Khan. Anyway, um, CM Punk wrote about WWE backstage that I'm going to talk about all about this and no one is safe. And Khan responded, no one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. And Orton responded to uh, with that, with a link to an October 2018 Jacksonville.com article about AEW lead investor Shahid Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, being investigated for corruption. Yeah. And he wrote, uh, what's that whole thing about glass houses and stones? 
Tony quickly fired back and said, I thought you only tagged me in your post when you were grasping for leverage. That article's over a year old and is about baseless claims about my dad years ago. That's the best you can do, nothing. Meanwhile, in the time since that was written, you used the N-word on Twitch. Uh, and Horton uh, ignored the uh, the Twitch part and said and called Tony Khan Jacksonville Dixie and wrote, Jacksonville Dixie, why else would I tag you? If I wanted to talk business, I'd call your father. And that was kind of the end of that. So a little Twitter spat between you know the lead the the president of the second largest wrestling company in the world right now and Randy Orton. Yeah, no, I don't know what the you make of all that. It's a weird when you're in a position like that. And if you look, I look at like someone like Dana White, who's pretty active on social media, and you could be a, a president of a company and you could be active on social media and have fun. Like, I, and I, I try to keep that approach no matter what that. It's a weird thing, though, when you do have a business in perception, you do have, there is a fine line, though, on what you engage in and and whatnot. So, I mean, no harm, no foul on any of that. I think they they stopped it. It didn't keep going. And, uh, but it's definitely a little awkward. Just I saw that. uh, I don't know. Especially with AEW being new, everything and it's I don't I just don't know. It, it was uh, I, I lost for words for this one. Like I, it, Randy's Randy. Randy will be Randy likes to have fun and uh, Tony. Uh, Tony is it's not like a two. Like, you know, you, I think if you picture, well, can you picture Vince McMahon doing that? It, it's no, but he's from a different generation. He's older. He doesn't really. He's not. Doesn't use social media like that. He's, uh, but he's also not himself. Like he, he, he's playing a role essentially. And it, where I'm not big on that because it's it's bullshit. Where you know, I I have no problem with it. At the other day and like they they kept it within. It didn't get out of hand. I guess this is where what I'm getting at with all this. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I feel like in a wrestling war, if the two sides are taking shots at each other, that just, you know, makes you realize it's a war. It just seems it makes it more interesting in some ways. Yeah. It's, it's so early with this with AEW. Like I said, but like when you have people like Jericho and them saying like, we're just focusing on ourselves. Like I really believe they need to focus on themselves. I think they yeah. have a lot of work they need to get done personally in, in a good, I mean that in a good way that I don't, it's like going, when you go and go into a war, I feel like they're heavily outnumbered and even Mm -hmm. just from a talent standpoint, as far as the name value overall, even though everything's gone down at wrestling wise, but it's, I just don't think just focus on yourself right now. And, but they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. And Tony, like I said, it was all, it, it, nothing got out of hand on that. So, yeah. Um, also this week, Jim Cornette, uh, was fired from NWA or he, uh, resigned on an episode of NWA power. Jim Cornette made some offensive remarks. I won't repeat those here, but you can check out wrestling.com if you want to read those. He, he, he basically made a, a joke with racial connotations that, uh, trying to put over Trevor Murdoch. And it was a, a dumb comment. You know, he got it a lot, but it was one of those that if you weren't really paying attention, you might've missed it. A fan caught it, put it online and it gained a ton of traction. Apparently Jim Cornette was asked to apologize and he refused to do so, which led to him resigning from the company. Uh, NWA had to pull the episode, edit that line out, and then they put it back on. 
so yeah, that uh, that's about the gist of it. Um, right back your thoughts on this. Well, I saw the one with Jim. It's just karma coming back. I think for and and again, I don't ever wish harm or ill on anyone. And Jim, though I know him personally, has made some a lot, quite a few comments about me when I left WWE, and, and very just. I've met him one time, and he was he was nice in person, said hello, and then he see he says a bunch of stuff and. He, I see though he does that with everybody, so I don't even, it's just at the end of the day, makes comments and he does it in a very personal way off things he doesn't personally know about in certain situations uh, and takes shots at people, which I don't understand why that's a thing. I don't, I don't think you need to be like that personally. And I do think karma does have a way of catching up with people one way or the other. That said, uh, I saw the comments. I didn't want, when I saw that comment, take it in a race, racially offensive way. I took it as in growing up, Ethiopians or Ethiopians or, or hungry, starving. That and seeing that joke, I've seen comedians uh, do similar jokes with that. And I think too, this is a really scary thing because at the end of the day, and, and people, wrestling is fake. And everybody, when you're on the set of a wrestling, and I say that in the context of it's all scripted entertainment, no matter what they're trying to portray, the NWA being old school. So everybody out there is playing a character. What From the announcers, when they're on, they're playing a character. Now, he may be true. It may remind people of how he acts in his day-to-day on his, in his podcast, I would even dare say he's he's acting and playing it up to a part for more, for more views and likes and money and whatnot. I didn't take it as that watching that. And I think, but I, I look at it like this NWA and like, I, it sucks that no company ever backs a talent. And I'm not saying they should back him. Uh, you see it all the time. If someone in WWE does anything, it, it, we live in such a pussified society that, and I'm not defending Jim in any way, shape or form. I just think it's, that was not a racial joke in my opinion. I don't, and I, he's not stupid enough to make a racial joke uh, in that. And it's, they're playing up to these people, the complaint culture that's going to complain no matter what at the end of the day though I think it, I chalk it up to it's just karma coming catching up to him and you do enough bad and then people are gonna try to find something to do bad back to you essentially and that's the only thing I could really chalk it up to I don't think that warranted and again in the in pro wrestling where do you draw the line you're playing a part though it's not it, that, that is everyone out there is acting while they're on screen so that to me is you can't how it, his character as an announcer I, I just don't know. I don't know what to think about the whole thing. I could, yeah. was there, is there a better, better way he could have said something to get that point across? Probably. Yeah. Cause I think it, like if he said, you know, uh, a bucket of T-bone steaks or something like that, then, then fine. The line is just making fun of millions of people who are starving. Yeah. But then by, by putting the, the bucket of fried chicken thing in there, that kind of, that's where it, it got racial. But um, that was, a, that's a pretty standard though. That, that's a joke that's been used by, I, I mean, I've, I've, like I've heard that before. So yeah, and Cornette has used it in the past. I think he's used it in WWF, yeah. but uh, it was also a very different time. So yeah, but, well, uh, the, time, the, see, the times aren't different. It's that these corporations are playing up to people that bitch and complain too much. If they just said "fuck it, fuck you guys," it is what it is. Go, no, no one's going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen. This is like that's where I get like NWA. I look at. I go, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? And I'm not defending. It's just, I think it's, nobody has any balls anymore. Like they're all playing parts and it's like, I just don't, I just don't, I think it's just an overreaction as a whole. And I like Jim has done a lot of things that I don't agree with over the time, but I, I really have it. 
if a character says something on screen, at the end of the day, wrestling, it's all acting, though. And we see things, and like, so if someone does something in a movie and they find it offensive, and I know wrestling is a little different in that regards and it blurs the lines, I'm just like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what to think about it because I'm, I'm trying to look at it and not be because personally, I don't care for Jim Cornette personally. I don't. But I look at it and I'm like, this seems really over exaggerated and fucked up also in my opinion. Like, and I'm, it, I just I don't know. I don't know what to think. About it. I'm not. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just. But I didn't want, hear that, and so I saw it, and I didn't once think that he was trying to be racially offensive. I, I, that's just my personal opinion, and I think the people that did are just reaching, looking for something, quite frankly. But I think it all comes back to that he's pissed enough people off for too long that he's the last person that can get away saying that. With the, if it was somebody else, I'm sure they would have got away with it. So. Yeah, but it's unfortunate at the end of the day, and I don't agree with it at all. And but he, he's he's putting a wrestler. He's trying to paint a picture and put a wrestler over. That's his how his he hasn't changed. That's how he talks. But it, it doesn't mean it, it. I just didn't take it racially, and that's and I don't like the guy personally. I just I didn't hear that. And it's like oh man, he's that's not the spot he's going to try to get a racial fucking shot in. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I do agree. Like too, too many people take too many things uh, way too seriously and out of context and things like that. I, I did think that one was uh, a bad move, but you know, again, they, they asked him to apologize and he didn't. And he would have, he'd probably still have kept his job if he yeah, apologized. But, but my thing is Roger, like the NWA, like why can't they say this was not a, they have the ability to say that remark was not said in a, a racially offensive way from Jim and explain what he explain it and leave it as is if that, cause that's what it was. I don't understand why they can't take that stance. No, you guys are wrong. You guys are interpreting the joke wrong. And this was what he meant by this and explain it and leave it as that and let people, nobody's going to go anywhere. They're on YouTube. The people are still going to watch. Nobody's going to, in the wrestling, those, that complaining crowd, this is the whole problem with pro wrestling that the, the organizations are playing up to the complaining crowd. They're going to fucking watch no matter what. They complain about everything because their lives are miserable at the end of the day. Like, it, it's, you, you want to play up to regular, I mean, it's just, it upsets me, Raj, when I see it. And I don't like Jim, but it is. Again, it is. I just think that the, the fried chicken part is the the one that was, uh, that changed the tone of the, the yeah, that joke. But. I think, but Ethiopians, though, it, oh, they've always been known for, for hunger. That was always right. was a South Park thing. It was never, see, but I think if you're someone that's searching and looking for, grasping for straws, and like, I, I hear that, and I don't once, like, think of that is like a black offensive joke. That's just how I, I just don't, it, it, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So better him than me. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last week we talked about Sin Car requesting his release online. Uh, you know, in the past year, Mike Canellis, Luke Harper, uh, Sean Spears, uh, the former uh, Ty Dillinger, they've all took to Twitter to request their release. Uh, at Triple H, we were on a, a media call with Triple H earlier this week, and um, he was asked about it, and he said he doesn't understand people airing issues. You know, online. If you have one, talk to us. If you put that out there in the media, that's not a good way to go about business. If I had a complaint with a talent, I don't go on Twitter and complain to them. I speak to them. I've never understood that process if it's legit. And uh, you know, basically ripping wrestlers going to social media. And and he also said we're in professional wrestling. The key word there is professional. That's what we are trying to change about the business and make people more professional. He's so, 
Full of shit. I'm just going to call that fucking bullshit. They are the least professional motherfuckers on the planet. And there's a reason why talent go and do that. It's because of how they treat human beings and their fucking bullshit policies and bullshit. I've seen Hunter avoid me. I needed to have a meeting with him. Avoided me all fucking day overseas when I had to put over uh, Kalisto on the WWE championship in England. Vince wasn't at the arena. I had to wait all goddamn day. He wouldn't fucking take the, like, he did not want to have that meeting. And what he doesn't, they lie to your fucking face. And that's what, that's why the talent go, and then they fuck with their pay with the whole bullshit pay scale there with the talent. And like, they, if they book you to lose, they start, they, they literally, your money goes down. It's fake. It's, it, it makes no sense. The whole pay scale of that bullshit organization, and they treat you differently from when you're getting pushed to when you're helping them make other talent, which is just asinine. The entire environment is fucking bullshit. I call bullshit to fucking Paul all day long on that. And he, he's full of shit. There's a reason. There's a problem from within when you have talent repeatedly going onto social media because that's the only way they could fucking be heard. And they don't want to be there. They want you to fire them when they're going to social media. That's the bottom line on the situation. It all, at the end of the day, it comes back to Hunter and Vince and how they fucking run that entire corporation. It is the worst environment in the world. And anyone that says otherwise is full of shit. Straight up. That's on him. That's on Paul. And that's on Hunter. The reason that it is not professional. It has never been professional there. It is a mom and pop run organization. They're way too big for their own good. And that's the truth. Do you think there's a difference uh, with how Paul handles things within NXT and how he would handle talent as opposed to Vince on the main roster? Because, for instance, Jordan Miles, yeah. NXT guy, he did get his release this week. But, of course, his was a, kind of a unique situation. He did it right. Oh. In all fairness, though, that's the way when you go to social media, you have to. That's the thing. The talent, and this is the talent have to learn from this. They will release you if you just keep it up and or loud enough. You can't just do one thing. You got to keep going. You have to fucking keep pushing the envelope. If they want they will release you out of your contract if you every day start fucking putting that company on blast for the bullshit they do. That's where the talent's fucking up, where they're not committing to getting out all the way. I, I, you can get released in a week if you want there really easily. It's yeah. not hard. So Jordan, and maybe if, again, if that's not the right for him, that guy, I wouldn't want to go up that tree and, and I went that route. I would have gone a different way, but that could have been just his way of getting out. Because he, he wanted out that bad. So at the end of the day, too. And Oni Lorcan, uh, NXT talent, also re, 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 reportedly asking for his release. So yeah. it's not just uh, the main roster, it's apparently in NXT, too. So no, it's um, unfortunate. And I don't mean that. And this is just me. And again, like I've had many discussions with Hunter and Vince. And Hunter is just a different type of bullshitter than Vince. He, But Vince is, is handed him down some some principles and philosophies. And, and it's their company. They're allowed to run it however they, they want. But I've said this from day one. If they just treated people like human beings and treated people with respect and, and got rid of all the goddamn bullshit, it, people talent would be so loyal to them. But the reason why and it, it's that they, they fucking punch you in the face and then they expect you to kiss their ass and people, they don't, you don't, we don't have to put up with it anymore. And there's going to be, there's other options and there's just the, that work environment, that culture they have created, that negative environment. It is the worst environment, Raj. I never want to be in that environment full time ever again. It is absolute pure hell. And anybody that is there, all the boys and girls fucking know it. We all, and, but nobody, everyone's trying to make as much money as they can. And that, and everyone puts up with it. So yeah. Hunter's different than Vince in different ways, but I've dealt with enough of his bullshit and it's just a different, different form of bullshit. So, yeah.
CM Punk also made his first full uh, official appearance on WWE backstage as an analyst uh, this past week. Uh, the show shot up in, in the ratings. It, it, it was up to 180,000 viewers. Uh, the first episode did 49,000. The second one, I believe, did... Uh, the, the second one did 100,000, okay. and this one did 180. So 180, uh, it had a lot of hype. Punk's return, his first appearance on a WWE-themed show... As far as ratings go, it's not a bad number considering where they started at, starting at 49,000 on, on, in a bad time slot on FS1. Uh, I, I would have expected more for Punk's first appearance because I would think it's going to drop after this, but but we'll see. Um, <clears throat> Punk appeared on the show. Uh, he, he seemed very uh, honest with his opinions. Actually, he really everything he said about the product was kind of, you know, ripping on it. He, yeah. he, you know, he ripped the Baron Corbin dog segment with Roman Reigns, uh, called it garbage. He took uh, shots at Seth Rollins and how he's been using Twitter. Uh, the only positive he, I think he had was when he talked about the women. So, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised a little bit that Fox would bring in someone who's kind of, you know, likely to shit on the product more than uh, promote it when they're spending so much to try to make WWE, you know, look cool and, you know, appealing. So here is a very interesting thing going on with all of this. And you mentioned it when you how Vince and them are essentially for the first time ever seems like he's kind of answering to people and within mm -hmm. Fox and with the amount of money they have invested. And I think deep, this could be a bigger thing with them eventually owning the company at some point, possibly it, it, the, the, there's something definitely going on with all of this for Vince to give up some portion of control who he's always had control or at least where he's, he's able to be influenced and this whole dynamic with punk coming in. And I know that I've seen things with the Fox, how they talk about like with football and they have the analyst and people can speak freely and they work in conjunction with the NFL or the major league baseball or the NBA and whatnot, the NHL that, and this is the same type of thing to them. I, I it's a very interesting dynamic in that Fox is going to want their straight up business. They're going to want the product to make as much money as humanly possible. WWE and Vince have this weird agenda where they make all this money, but they have lowered the talent, the brands of the individual talent, and they make the money on the back end where the revenue-wise they're making more than ever. But Fox being a TV network, they they need ratings. Where WWE before got away with, they didn't really care about the ratings. Now they matter again because Fox is involved in this. So there's this weird dynamic where if Fox is smart enough to see that WWE is doing some of this weird business stuff that where it just makes Vince more money, but it's not good for everybody else that they're going to step in and like, no, we're not going to, we fucking want to make as much money as humanly possible in all this. And punk it, like I, this weird dynamic punk all of a sudden who wanted nothing to do with wrestling is okay going and talking about WWE. And like I said, I think it's a weird chess game going on where he's going to go there and he's going to shoot on stuff in a more negative way and call bullshit when he sees it on things that he, he doesn't like. And he's allowed to give his opinion on different things and whatnot. And Fox is going to allow it where it's going to create a situation where he's going to probably be able to go back and, and probably get the WrestleMania main event match that he wants. 
That to me is what I feel like is going on, and I think that's why he didn't go to AEW. I think he wants that WWE WrestleMania main event. Fuck off, everybody. I'm done for good. I can see. I don't see anything else in this. He doesn't. There's no way. And I know for once you're out of that bubble, and as long as you've been out, and he's gone the other, there's no way he wants to go back to a WWE full time and go and live on the roadie. There's no way. After you're out of that, I, I I just can't see it. I know I never want to ever ever. I want to wrestle still, I, but I don't want to fucking go live in that culture and that environment ever again. Because once you, it's like Shawshank Redemption. Once you get out, it is it is a beautiful beautiful thing when you really truly are free from there. So there's this weird dynamic going on where he's allowed to come in and shoot and I'm sure Paul and Hunter or Paul and uh, Vince are not thrilled about this but Punk has figured out a way his plan blew up in his face of going to UFC and fucking two horrible losses and he still has found a way to be in that circle now and I'm telling you I would not be shocked to see him get figured into a Wrestlemania somehow as the main event with all of this yeah, that door is definitely, I mean, Punk has said he's working for Fox. He hasn't talked to anyone in WWE, but that door is definitely nudged open now. You know, it's, uh, yep. it's, it's, I think it's a brilliant it. play. We've had our differences. I, I'm telling you the way I, I actually like, I, I love everything Brock has done to the company and how he milks them for as much money as he could possibly get. Cause all wrestlers should. And I think this is a very interesting thing that's going on right now. This isn't just punk going to come and talk about wrestling. People have to understand too. And with the lawsuit and all this, and I know for my different situations, this shit, it, it is very personal and with how they treat human beings and a lot of the bullshit. And, and I don't agree with he's, he's made up things about me on different things, but everybody that, work there and we've heard it you hear these personal instances everyone has their own stories of this bullshit that goes on and he went through all his own bullshit there so it's personal and there's no doubt he's going to figure out a way i'm telling you, he's going to figure out a way with fox to main event wrestlemania watch yeah, I would give me great pleasure to be against me for the <laughs> for Vince. And I mean, no joke, Vince is the type of guy. Just so people understand how Vince operates, Vince is the type of guy that would bring back Punk and put him in the spot just to fuck with him by putting him in there with me. No joke, that's how yeah. Vince operates. For people, it's all a fucking game to him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> a lot of big news in the ratings this week. Uh, kind of a weird segue, but <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, SmackDown on Fox last week did 2.3 million viewers, uh, the lowest number so far on Fox. It was a, you know, a live show as opposed to the week before, which was a tape show, and the tape show did 2.61 million viewers, so it was down uh, quite a bit. So yeah, the lowest number on Fox so far. Raw did its second lowest number in a non-holiday number in history with 2.127 million viewers. Uh, it's up from last week's taped episode, which was the lowest non-holiday raw viewership. So yeah, not, uh, not a good thing with, uh, where the raw and SmackDown numbers are and, and, you know, continually falling. And we have the holidays coming up. So I'm sure we, we are approaching maybe a new low all time with the way the current trend has been. I, I don't know. It's not a good thing. I mean, we're just looking at where the numbers are compared to what they, they used to be. It's just something's not right. You have to look at the formula and say, well, what, what are we doing that make people aren't as interested in this? And it's like I said, I have trouble, Raj. I watch it because I want to be able to know what's going on when we talk about it here. I have, I have a difficult time watching all the wrestling on and, and I can't consume it all. And I, I, I'm really like, I want to. I want to. And I, can't, I just can't. It's... 
And I don't know. I just I, I understand why people have tuned away. I really do. Hundred yeah, percent. I mean, it's it's my full time job, and I have a hard time. You're not invested. Um, it, it, there's no. There's no. I'm not invested in it. There's nothing. I, it's just the same old bullshit. Like I. I don't feel like there's any. Before too, the cool thing with wrestling too, when you'd see a new guy, is you like because you know their life is going to change. Like they're going to become a megastar, and like they're holding. You know that you you you're witnessing somebody transform live on TV. Like I just don't get that feeling with guys anymore. When I watch, it's just I, and I can't explain it. It's just not special to me anymore. And maybe I'm jaded because I was in. I don't know. It's it's not well, the same. Yeah, before it was so oversaturated, you'd have three or four storylines that you get invested in. You're really into those. Now it's just a ton of matches, not many storylines, and it's just just you know the number of matches per week. And at some point, you know how many how many matches can you watch, uh, especially with, with no story? Yeah, it gets repetitive really quick, and that, that's the formula. I don't that's not it's it's not a real sport. So it's I, I, it's it's not like fighting where fighting can keep your interest. Because right. there's so many different possibilities. I don't, it's just different. So, yeah. Uh, some good news for WWE in the ratings this week is that NXT finally beat AEW Dynamite uh, as far as total viewership goes. NXT did 916,000 viewers on USA, while Dynamite did 893,000 viewers. Uh, so it beat Dynamite by 2.6%. It's the best NXT viewership since their official two-hour USA premiere, but it's also, you know, considering all the star power they had, and yeah. you know, they brought all their uh, all these main roster guys. You, you know, you had Becky Lynch, uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, you know, they're two top, I mean, male and female talents essentially. How they've been booked. Yeah, yeah, and and to only beat them by two point six percent, you know, it's still a, a victory and it's good. But AEW still beat NXT in the eighteen to forty nine demo by thirty percent, and. Uh, yeah, the, so a victory in total viewers for NXT, but AEW beat them in the eighteen to forty nine demo. Yeah, they they pulled out some guns to try to to win for the week, and it, it's I feel bad for the talent that they just come off that tour. They do that two week European tour, and they have to turn around and then go. Like, people don't understand that how burnt out the WWE talent are. That it, it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Like people, it. it that's not easy. They literally just go. They're probably they were probably gone. I remember being on those tours. You'd be off the. You'd be not home for anywhere from eighteen to twenty one, twenty two, twenty three days. So right. these people are on the road now. There for any period of time around that range, and then they they do wrong. They got to turn right around and probably fly to Orlando. You know, the next day, Tuesday, to be there for Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, but to to your point, and this is all coming after Saudi Arabia. So they had all all those travel issues in Saudi Arabia, finally get home. Uh, They work a couple nights here and then have to do the European tour. Now they're back basically working all week. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it's not stopping. You know, you got an event Saturday, uh, Survivor Series Sunday. So it's a a wild schedule. I bet you there's talent that haven't been home in four, five, six weeks on that. Just going, going, going. And yeah. it's crazy. We're we're talking about a ratings war, and we're we're not even hitting a 1.0. It's and that's using WWE talent. And this fall has been drastic. In my and like AEW is doing everything. They're a new company. They and they have to build new stars, and they need to bring in new stars. And it's I look at it. It, it makes I look at it like this. I think it makes AEW look even better in a weird way that WWE is having to pull out all these stops. And they had it, it took them, they just barely beat them out. And they lost in the main, the 18 to 49 demographic. Like it's, it's weird. 
And again, it comes down, and it's like the the, the the companies, they think it's putting on the best matches, what they or they perceive to be the best matches. But that, I look at it as like, no, give me the best storyline. You want to win? Come up with a storyline that's going to get people fucking talking. Like it's in, in a good way, not like the Rusev stuff with with Bobby and Lana. Like, but get a storyline that people are truly, you know, AEW. Start building some for somebody coming in a mystery something, and let that go on for three, four, five, six months. Create yeah. some buzz and interest, and figure it out as you go along. Like, I don't know. Don't though. I don't want to just go see another bunch of flippity flops and. Because we can go back and forth on the channels. Oh, who's doing the best flops, the best flips? Who's not selling the best? Like, that's not going to get them. I don't, and I don't know why this is what the, they think is going to win. It's not. It's give me something to sink my teeth into and get invested in. You know. So yeah. And to your point, uh, the highest rated segment on Dynamite this past week was the Jericho promo. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't uh, wasn't any of the matches. It was uh, Jericho's promo with Scorpio Sky, which you know was it was. Jericho is the most entertaining guy, I think, uh, active wrestler in the business right now. And he needs, I'm going to say, and Jericho needs more help over there. Mm-hmm. He, he's only able to do so much. He yeah. needs, and he needs people. And it, there's, there's only, you can't keep putting him there and having, trying to make other talent that they are doing the best they possibly can right now with the tools that they have in their shed. But they, you got to put some pieces around Chris over there and take, cause there's only at his age too. And with hitting the workload, like it's one day a week right now over there, essentially, or for what I know, but give him some other big time players around him, man. And that, I'm telling you, they, they, I, I really, and Cody, they're smart enough. I, I look forward to what they're going to do. I just want to see them just focus on themselves, get some other pieces in there. And I think it's going to be, I think they have the, the potential to really, really, really put it to WWE when the time comes. Yeah. Um, and speaking of AEW, the last thing I have this week is that they announced that they are bringing Bash at the Beach back. Uh, Bash at the Beach, a very uh, one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views. We had that iconic Hulk Hogan heel turn moment uh, yeah. back in '96. So yeah, they're going to bring it back for uh, two episodes of Dynamite in January 2020 in Miami. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Tony Khan, we interviewed him on Wrestling Inc., and he said that Cody basically went on a trademark binge one night and uh, texted him and said that, you know, they were trademarking stuff. One of the things that they trademarked was bash at the beach. And so they came up with the idea. It's uh, Cody just a couple days after that announcement, he made a reference on Twitter about being sued and having to go to court. Uh, he deleted that tweet. You know, some people are wondering if it has to do with this trademark and, uh, but WWE had let it go and Cody picked it up. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, Eric Bischoff commented on it and said that he thinks it's a bad idea that they're bringing it back. He said that AEW needs to find their own vision. They need to become their own brand, become their own entity. They need to find the way that they're really going to become the alternative. And he said they, the more often they go back and try to recreate the success of WCW and align themselves with WCW success, I think they're missing the mark. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, first, the, the the court thing could very well be WWE filing. Um, they could file a they, for the Bash at the Beach since they did have it. They could have mm-hmm. possibly put a, I don't, a cancellation or something to, to hold this up for them for AEW. That could be what uh, is going on. Something on that end with the trademark attorneys where mm-hmm. that can get drawn out. Like I know from them with the whole Ryback thing and trying to refile that on the last day. And I got to cancel that and spend all this money. 
it can be held up for 12 months to 18 months with all that. And like, they could very well, not that they're, they won't most likely win, but they will just do that to hold it up for them potentially. Don't know for a fact, but that could be what that is. I could go both ways on what Eric's talking about. I look at it though, Cody. So this is what people have to understand. Everything with Cody that that's gone on in his relationship with his father, with Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty being such a big part of WCW for so long. I'm sure in WCW getting bought out by WWE eventually, and then Cody with his his story and circumstances with WWE and all the bullshit. There's a personal thing where it's you're not reviving WCW, but Cody and grew up in that environment with all these guys. You know, Cody was around a lot of that. That there's it's integrated into his fabric. Certain these these memories of of good childhood memories of what WCW was when there were very good memories of it before things kind of fell apart. So I don't have a problem with it because I think there was some real WCW. My, one of my favorite things was going to the Halloween Havoc here in Vegas every year. I loved a lot of their paper. I, I wish someone would bring Halloween Havoc back. That was one of my favorite pay per views just with the whole setup at the MGM here. Then I the growing up watching wrestling that was probably my favorite pay-per-view for what it just i always just really loved that whole time of the year same that i think it is a good thing if they incorporate it into everything that they're doing with their vision they're not the the way you run the business is the key not the the name of the pay-per-views and i understand what eric is saying and he's he's not wrong either in in whatnot and but it's there were some really good things with that that i the name wise that i think they could take and put their own touch on it and and do well with and whatnot. And again, it's all going to come down to creating compelling storylines and building larger than life megastar characters over time. Yeah. And I agree with you. Halloween Havoc was one of my favorites, Bash at the Beach, too. I always like the location and theme yep. pay-per-views because it, it felt different. Uh, and I'd rather someone do something like that than not do it at all. So I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um but the tickets for that were supposed to go on sale uh, today. So, yeah, Bash at the Beach. Um, and that about does it for this week. Good deal, Raj. Busy, busy week as always. Anything you'd like to go ahead and uh, plug to wrap up? Yeah, as always, check out WrestlingInc.com. Uh, I mentioned that we we have interviews with Tony Khan, uh, Stefan Bonner, former UFC uh, fighter. Know, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, tons of guys I'm, like, forgetting. Right? Demolition, we talked with them. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, keep checking out Wrestling Good deal, Raj. Well, thank you as always. And guys, we will be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. This week, I'm not watching any of the game, guys, because you know the big guy Ryback doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all. And if you love sports and you love betting, betonline.ag is your place. Because now you can save an extra 50% added on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is... The bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. And please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals. 
my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. Welcome back. Thank you to Nick Best for coming in studio this week. What a great guy. We talked, man, hung out with him. Uh, we talked before the show. We talked forever out in my gym. And uh, he's a, what a great, 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 great human being and very knowledgeable. That was, um, I was, and we were joking. I go, I think it's always people are surprised when a, a larger human being is like able to form sentences and, and uh, articulate things well and has knowledge. It, it's like I always equate it, I go, it's extra credit. Like, I, it's, um, it's hard to explain. I, I would I, the easiest thing is like I would tell people like on independent things if I would do uh, a suicide dive, I, I go I go it's the easiest thing in the world to do. I go but for whatever reason people are like it gets a, it gets a nice reaction because they think people it's like it's just I don't know it's like extra credit somehow. I, I'm trying to think of the correct way to, to phrase it because the term I usually the way I usually say it I'm, I wouldn't say on air with the way how people perceive things. I could say, I guess the nice way is, uh, I would say like, it's like if uh, somebody that's mentally handicapped, you know, what's one plus one and they, they answer two, your reaction to them is more, somebody's trying to interrupt me on my show is more of like, wow, great job. And that's, <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting out of all this. I'm rambling. But uh, anyways, big thank you to Nick. He He's incredible. And I'm going to go lift with him here again uh, this weekend and uh, work on my deadlift and get some back training in. So I'm excited about that. See if I, uh, where I end up on my deadlift this week. And I'm squatting again with a regular bar and feeling good, man. Feeling really good. My back is, is it's surreal. I'm in I no pain in my back. So, uh, it's truly, uh, good times as I continue to heal and regenerate and it's just staying focused and, um, busy as all hell with everything. And it looks like feed me more nutrition. We're on track to have once again, another best month. Uh, here. So I thank you guys for everybody supporting Feed Me More Nutrition and with our new mango candy, Wake Up Unlimited Energy out. And I'm actually, we uh, brought on a new uh, seller with Amazon and Walmart.com. And things have been very busy. Um, shipped out a bunch of stuff last week, shipped out more stuff this week. Amazon sales keep going up. We now have, we'll have two Amazon, other Amazon sellers as well is going to be on walmart.com here with the, with the other seller uh, that will be coming up shortly. And uh, I'm working on getting into some brick and mortar stores. I'm talking to a few places and just trying to make deals every which way I can, which, and, and I, and again, emailed, uh, and hopefully I'll talk with Europa once again, which is the largest distributor here in the United States. The ultimate goal is if I can uh, work this out, which is going to be uh, significant levels. Uh, I will then have to uh, bring on a team, which we do. There's a rough, rough plan in place with all of that and uh, with some potential partners uh, as far as uh, scaling this 
quite rapidly because I put in the legwork the last going on three years here. And, uh, it is all, it's patience. It's all paid off. And, and like Nick said on the podcast, uh, patience. And I've noticed that that's a trait. And I've, I've learned that with everything I've done growing up, whether it was in wrestling and I'm um, having to be patient and just, you keep working, you keep grinding day after day. And I've seen it in being away from wrestling and I have to be careful who I put myself around. Cause I've seen it with, and I hate to use the term like regular people or anything. Cause I'm a regular person. Um, but people that maybe have not achieved any significant level of success in anything, uh, a common trait. And this is just an I'm going to give an example just for people. Uh, I knew a girl, very nice girl. She lived here for a period of time, rented a room out and very nice person. And she was, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make uh, swimsuits, bikini swimsuits. And she had a business and she did that for a little bit and it didn't really take off because nothing really ever takes off right away for the most part. Like it takes years and years and years and you do something you enjoy. If you have a side hustle, you got a side job, whatever it is you, you keep doing until you eventually get it going. And I witnessed this firsthand. She then came, I'm going to be a personal trainer and she went and studied her ass off for all these personal training exams and became a personal trainer, but didn't make the money that maybe she thought she could make right away. And she stopped it really shortly thereafter. And then it was, well, I'm going to go to real estate school and starts doing the real estate exams and applying herself and going and doing everything and passes her real estate exams. And like, which is really hard. It takes a lot of time and then stopped because she wasn't making the money she wanted to make right away. And then she, well, I'm going to be a bartender, went to bartending school, took the bartending exams, and then didn't get the job she wanted right away and wasn't making the money she thought she should make right away. So she quit. And then she went on to something else. And then it was, I'm going to start another supplement company with the friends and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start selling supplements. And that didn't take off right away. And she quit that. And last I heard she was escorting. It's crazy when you, when you see someone and that wasn't the ex-girlfriend, by the way, so somebody thinks that it, it, it was not the ex-girlfriend. Just think, I promise you that the, uh, but this girl was a very nice girl. And, but I, I saw it firsthand and she did not have the, the patience to succeed. She was her own worst enemy. And I see a lot of people like that. That's why I will grind and grind and grind. When I set my mind to something, I'll go down on that sword. Cause I commit to it and I keep going and I keep going and I keep going and you adjust and you evolve and you adapt. And, and, but you, when you set your mind to something, you go all in and you keep going. If you fail, you fail, but don't fail because you stopped and because you didn't think you were, you, you didn't get the success you thought you deserved or wanted right away. It doesn't work like that. Overnight successes take 15, 20 years for a lot of people. Some people never get it. Some people get it in five years. Some people get in a couple of years. Some people get lucky right away. There's no right or wrong, but I wasn't going to, that wasn't supposed to be my motivation of the week, but I, that's my motivation of the week. My motivational, my thought of the week with that is patience. Like Nick said, and you really got to so important in this generation, myself included everything, everything I would say, I, I I'm talking for myself. I think one of the things too, we get in that when we see it on social media and I've been guilty of doing it. And I have to go back and remind myself to reword things for me because I think like whatever we're doing and if something's working for us and then we'll put out a, a public service announcement of trying to motivate people and where it comes off, it can rub people the wrong way because it's a lot of people will, will explain it as if they're talking to you 
rather than talking for themselves, rather if you share it as something that you've applied for you, it's really no way to be taken negatively because you're only speaking for yourself. But when you speak to tell people like, this is, it, like for example, when I did my the, the, the thing with Disco with Glenn this past week on Instagram on, um, have a plan, have a backup plan. And we've heard, I've heard people like Will Smith and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and they don't have a plan B, don't have a plan B. That's great. That's for them. And in, in their mindset and what they're trying, the, the, the point they're trying to get across is go all in, commit to something, can go at it. And I'm of that same mindset. And what Disco is saying is have an idea of a backup plan. It's not, it's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean that you don't commit and go all the way and succeed in what you're doing. And I look at it like this, and, and I had somebody that was trying to say, oh, I disagree with that. And it's like, well, okay, you can disagree with that. You're missing my point. The point of having a backup plan is if you're a pro wrestler, and my goal was always to be a pro wrestler, and I went all in that, and then I had a backup plan of some business stuff I wanted to do that I'd given a lot of thought to because I'd had my career taken away from me at a young age with my ankle injury and having to overcome that. And then again here with the back and shoulder injury, that if I didn't have a idea or a backup plan with that situation, I would have been in a lot of fucking trouble. I would have been forced to probably keep wrestling and then been forced to retire. It would have been bad. So you got to be able to take things in context and that if you have an idea of what you want to do, that for the instance that you wake up the following day and you have to have your right leg amputated and you can no longer earn a living the way that you're doing, that you have a backup plan on how to, how to do something else. So I think so you have to understand how I'm explaining it. It's not saying... No, go all, have a plan A, but have a plan B to play it safe and don't go all in. That's not what we're saying. So you have to understand, you have to be educated enough to understand what we're saying and what I'm, I'm talking for me and my idea of what a backup plan is, having an idea. So that doesn't mean that you're telling yourself you're going to fail. You have to be educated enough and have the, 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 the mind capacity to understand that no, you go all in, you commit all the way, you don't accept, no, you don't accept any failure, but you have an understanding that life, sometimes things happen that are out of our control and that is that can't be explained that we can't understand. Random acts of God, whatever you want to call it, of energy, of the universe, but things just happen sometimes. So that's what, what we were getting at with that. Hey, no matter backup plan. We don't have to have one if you don't want one. I'm just explaining that if you wake up and you got to get your right leg amputated, which is it's happened. It's not out of it's not uh, crazy that you might want to have an idea of another way. So that's my thought of the week. Two thoughts of the week, kind of this week. Big shout out to our sponsors. I do want to say a big uh, thank you to Trupanion again with everything with baby Sophie with their six back surgeries and uh, they've been great. They're Trupanion on Instagram and uh, I'm going to be putting up a post with baby Sophie here in the next week or two uh, sharing a little bit of her story and uh, great, greatly appreciate them and uh, look forward to, to potentially working with them uh, a little more in the future with some different avenues with the, with the YouTube and the podcast and social media. Um, and, and true panion pet insurance guys, if you have a pet loved one, it's very, very inexpensive for what you actually truly can get out of it. And, uh, in my circumstances with Sophie, it is, it is, it has been, um, it is, it's been very, very worthwhile and they've, they've come through time and time again with that. So thank you. Real good foods, guys. Real good foods. You can save 15% with discount code Ryback. Realgoodfoods.com. They're doing a lot of great things. They actually, I'm going to be doing a YouTube video. They sent me uh, these chicken, bacon wrapped chicken, uh, and it looks absolutely delicious. I'm going to be doing uh, two different flavors on my YouTube Ryback TV. 
here, but you could save 15%. They got the, the uh, low-carb keto pizzas, enchiladas, breakfast poppers, breakfast sandwiches, cauliflower pizzas. If you love cauliflower pizza, Real Good Foods makes a hell of a cauliflower pizza. So check them out, please. And Fuel Meals, fuelmeals.com. Save 15% with discount code the big guy. They are my personal meal prep service that I have been with uh, for many years now. They do signature meals. I get either chicken, steak, or ground lean ground turkey with uh, either broccoli and asparagus or broccoli and a baked potato and uh, mix them uh, throughout the day in my meals. A little bit of coconut oil spray and a little bit of my white rice that I do with a vertical diet, a little bit of bone broth and uh, chicken bone broth in it. And uh, it is it is really, really saving me a lot of time with as busy as I am. And I'm going to have to do a video of the fuel meals too. I think that'd be a fun little video. I know a lot of people asking about, I try to do one healthy option a week on the Ryback TV or healthier option uh, as far as eating out. If you're eating out, which is never ideal, and I'll be the first. It's, I'd much rather eat at home every meal than ever eat out ever. But in this day and age and with our life and society, and it's not always the most feasible, realistic thing. So it's nice to, I think, just show, show people how you can eat a little better and little tricks that you can do that I've learned from being on the road. Uh, and, and again, keeping it in your daily caloric uh, range and, and how you can just make little adjustments and still keep your shape uh, eating, eating out occasionally. Feed Me More Nutrition, available on feedmemore.com and Amazon, and soon walmart.com. You can save 10% with this podcast, Podcast 10 at checkout, guys. We have a lot of great stacks on there. 99% of the supplement companies you guys use are uh, artificial sweeteners and colors. Aspartame and sucralose, two artificial sweeteners, have been proven time and time again uh, to be bad for human beings. And I personally had suffered many, many side effects from them lightheadedness. I'd get up, if I would get up out of this chair quickly, uh, when I was consuming them at a heavy, heavy dose, I would get like blackouts and I would like have to hold on to something for a split second and then it would come back. Uh, but I always was afraid. I was like, man, am I going to pass out and hit my head on the floor? I would wake up tired no matter how much I slept groggy in the morning. It took me forever to wake up. Never understood it. Never until I realized that I was over consuming in these, these chemicals that are just not meant to be in our bodies. And, uh, Blurry vision, got blurry vision really bad living in Tampa, Florida, and I'll never forget I was in Calta's Fitness. Dean Ambrose was running on the treadmill. I was out with my ankle injury. Dean was still down in developmental at FCW at the time. And I remember my vision. I go, what's going on? My vision, it was just getting, it started getting blurry out of nowhere. And uh, I was drinking more artificial sweeteners than ever at that point. And then when I started doing some research, I realized that these things that all these companies and businesses use, the only reason why they use them, guys, is they're cheap. And they can market them as calorie free and people buy them and they make money, but there's research and there's enough people. If you look online, I go by like, fuck the research. I don't need to see any research. I know already. And I know it. years ago, I went to the movie theater and got popcorn. I forgot to bring one of my Zevias. I go, you know what? I love, I love popcorn and a diet soda for the movies. Um, and my nacho, I go, I'm just going to get a big Coke zero, uh, just the one time, well, it won't hurt. I had the worst headache I've ever, and I don't get headaches. I, I don't get headaches ever. And my head was throbbing and I didn't realize it right away as the movie was going on. I'm like, why the hell am I getting ahead? And I go, oh my God, it was because I'm consuming this massive amount of these artificial sweeteners. And it's, so it's just disappointing to me to see that in health and fitness, the supplement companies, 
Uh, I believe we have a responsibility to do good and to make money. Like I love people, businesses, and making money. But I was, and I was talking to Nick about this. Why can't we just do it in a good way? Provide something of service that benefits people's lives that's not going to hurt them. But what you do, you get these people, and everyone's just looking at how much they can make, rather than like let's cut down what we're making and do the right thing and like help people. And we can have a business and make money and still do everything we want to do. But people are greedy pieces of shit and want this. And don't give a fuck about people. And that's a lot of the problems that we have in this world are from people operating like that. And I will not partake in that. And that's not what I believe in. So Feed Me More Nutrition is not about that. Supplements for men and women, guys. And I firmly stand behind it. It's my passion to provide better value in the supplement industry because I grew up with this stuff and all the bullshit and had to live through it. And I hate seeing a lot of the things I'm seeing. And all I can do, I can't control what other people do, but I can put out products I firmly believe in that have helped me that have been formulated and used by me and have played a huge role in my success uh, in achieving the things I've achieved along with my, my mindset and work ethic. And I truly believe in investing in your body uh, and your mind. And it will carry over to all different aspects of your life. So that is what Feed Me More Nutrition is to me. With that, guys wrap up this week for everybody. All fan mail, please uh, limit it to one or two things. P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Looking, looking, looking for personal videos. Buy me, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. For any uh, inquiries or appearances or any information, not that I'm traveling, like I've said, but book the big guy at yahoo.com or any any uh, interview request. I'm open to doing some interviews and different things on different shows uh, with everything going on, which I just did uh, one with uh, Banya from Seinfeld, the Steve Heitner show. Uh, that's gold with Steve Heitner. He was, uh, that was a lot of fun last week. And we'll hopefully uh, do a few more things here as time goes on. But we've got a busy schedule with the Ryback TV and, and everything going on on that. And a company just reached out for that, which uh, some different stuff going on. It, it's, I think we're going to, by the time this comes out, we'll be at 160,000 subscribers. It's growing quickly, guys. And I thank you very much for all the love and support on growing the YouTube. And it's really, really, it's it's it, it's sped up the process on a lot of things. And I'm, I'm having the time of my life getting to enjoy having some fun on there. And I, and I like the comments, guys. And I believe in being interactive and being engaging. I, I, I it is me doing that. And I have a, an app where I'm able to go on there and see them rapidly and be able to go through down all the way. And you'll see occasionally I'll comment on something. So it is me. I, I, I appreciate the love and the support and the feedback and the negativity. It makes me smile and giggle at times. Somebody thought I'd, <laughs> I talked about it. One of the other things, somebody thought that it, they commented that from all the fast food, I've let myself go. And that it's quite apparent in my workout videos that I have a huge gut in which before I hid them from the channel, I leave a comment. So they get a comment from me. And uh, before I hide them from ever being seen by anyone ever again, go check out my Instagram and look at my ab shot. I just posted the other day. Check out that gut buddy. <laughs> So people are going to complain and bitch. It is what it is. Just hide them from it. I was like, if you want to go ahead and share that stuff, guys, you're just going to get, you're going to get muted. You're going to get hidden. Some of you, if it's mean enough, will get blocked. Cause I just want to help you not be upset anymore. If I upset you that badly. So that's all that it is. My motivational book right over there. Wake up. It's feeding time available on Amazon and paperback audible and Kindle formats. The perfect stocking stuffer for Christmas guys. <laughs> And I do want to say, everybody, happy Thanksgiving this weekend. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. 
I'm going to actually be, I believe, uh, eating a whole Popeye's Cajun turkey on Ryback TV, which will drop on Thanksgiving, uh, which I'm, we're going to be eating here with the family at the house. So I'm going to film this before the big guy having a Thanksgiving feast uh, with a Popeye's turkey. Can I finish it? I don't know. That's gonna it's gonna be my calories for the day, though, most likely. So it looked pretty sig- significant in size. So we'll see how that goes. So stay tuned for that, guys. It, it is it's going down. It is going down, and I'm getting the the turkey all set up to get it and uh, go pick it up, and hopefully uh, maybe get a little stuffing and gravy with it, and or a little bit of that blackened ranch. I don't know. We got to got to see if I'm going to be able to put this thing down. No idea. I got to get some information on the calories of it and. It's going to be feeding time, bitches, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, social media, I'm the big guy, Ryback22 on Instagram. Feed me more nutrition on Instagram. Conversation with the big guy on Instagram. Give those a follow, please. I'm at Ryback22 on Twitter, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, and Snapchat Ryback247. Have a great Thanksgiving once again. You guys have a great week. Get to spend time with your loved ones. Uh, let's be thankful every day. Be good human beings. Thank you for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and feed me more.com.